You're listening to the Tumbling Saber Podcast, a member of the Star Wars Commonwealth Podcast Network. Check us out on the web at StarWarsCommonwealth.com, on iTunes, Facebook, and Twitter, and take your first step into a larger world. everybody it's episode 97 of the tumbling saber podcast my name's kyle my name's Corey, and i'm back Woo! he's back back again how you doing guys we're doing What's good going on? It's, uh, uh, we had I, I knew it james i i just knew it this trailer dropped and uh what happened james you you got broke eh just like the rest of us you couldn't you couldn't uh you couldn't keep me away after that trailer i i will say um I don't know that I've ever been more pumped after a trailer for a movie. That one, that one's really right up there amongst like most effective trailers at getting me psyched and pumped up for any movie. I'm just talking about Star Wars either. That, that's amazing. Any movie coming from James, yeah. like that's a, that says a lot. I thought it was a good one. It, it was fantastic. Anyway, we're, we're going to be talking a ton about the trailer again this week. I, I don't know that a trailer has ever generated more conversation. It, this, I mean, this thing's got our got everybody in fandom's heads spinning like a top. So, uh, once again, for for another week, we're gonna really hit hard on on this trailer. Um, but let let's let's catch up, James. It's been a it's been a while, obviously. So, let's let's see what's been going on with you. Um, nine episodes. I think eighty eight was my last time. I remember sort of making a, a an Eric Lindros mental note that I that I did eighty eight, and then uh, I was out for a while. So yeah, um, what's going on with me? School started. Um, we're in. We're in deep into fall now. October. Uh, you know, corn season. Although now that I'm back on the show, I'll say that a lot of people think the fall uh, have the corniest months, but the corniest month. <laughs> well, you know what it is, right? Uh, <laughs> May is. Yeah, I, I was just about to say that. Uh, anyway, guess who's um, back? Does that, does that make more sense <laughs> if, you, if you know French? Uh, probably, although. I think it's like also if you studied yeah, like I think it's Spanish and stuff too. No. Amerindian um, native Amerindians, I think also they they know about the Mayas. All right, but um, <laughs> maybe not. Maybe that flew over a lot of people's heads, and that's okay too. <laughs> but uh, yeah, deep into the school year and uh, base, baseball season's over, and uh, now I got time to listen to podcasts and miss you guys. Yeah, man, you've been you've been missed for sure. We've, we've gotten comments here and there. Oh man, we miss James. But uh, glad to, glad to have you back at least for one week anyway. Yeah, no, um, I ducked back in. I, I I hit Kyle up with a message this week after the trailer dropped and said, uh, you know, if you need an extra voice on the show, I got a few things I could definitely say. And uh, so here we are. But it's it's uh, not going to be a regular thing. But I will, like I said when I, when I left, uh, I will jump on from time to time when it when it's uh, appropriate. And this week we got some stuff to talk about. Sounds like you need some therapy, James. <laughs> don't say it don't say dr z <laughs> there you go you said it for me i'm happy lay, lay it on us <laughs> well james I, I i don't know if i told you but i do have your ticket um i'm aware that tickets were purchased and so i'm glad to hear one of them's earmarked uh for me i'm pretty pumped about yeah, that absolutely too. I, I bought uh, i bought a half dozen tickets they're all spoken for 
Um, I heard it was a process again, so uh, I, I know you talked about that a little bit already, but uh, oh, yeah. I'm just going to put it back out there. Shame on Cineplex. Jeez. <laughs> Every year, it's something. It's brutal, man. It's brutal. Yeah, it kind of gives me a lot of anxiety. <laughs> yeah, right. Sure, Corey. This is Corey's anxiety. Kyle, do we have them yet? Okay, I'm, I'm just going downstairs and crack another beer and hit you back in 10 minutes. Kyle, do we have them yet? Yeah, but I'm pacing that whole time. <laughs> Oh, I don't. Yeah. No, nope, not gonna go there. We're doing dinner, right? Uh, you oh, guys are. I'm gonna show up just oh. like last year. I ch- I checked my I daughter's uh, calendar and 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 yep, the her Christmas re- recital is the same night yet again. So, um, I'll be there as soon as I can, but I'll probably have to shove a little bit of appetizer food into my face. What's the principal's name at that elementary school? Is it Palpatine or Sidious? <laughs> Tyrannus. What's going on with that? Mr. R. Anyway, you guys are getting me all worked up here with, with Cineplex and Christmas <laughs> concerts. I, I, I kind of want to just like not podcast now. And fancy dinners that you don't get to come to. What a, what a shame. <laughs> He'll At get the, there late. What time What time's the show? What time are our tickets? 9.30. We got time. Yeah, the same thing happened last time. You were there in plenty of time. Yeah, yeah. I wanted to have like a good two hours with you guys. Now I'm going to have to settle for like a good one hour. Yeah, we'll, we'll make it a quality hour, Kyle. That brings warm feelings to my heart. <laughs> yeah, it's going to be awesome. Like, seriously, like, I've said this to Kyle, James, you've been listening to the show, uh, listeners of the show, like, everybody, I don't know, there's something behind this this movie that, I don't know, I really feel like I'm riding this wave, man, like, and it's just going to like crash on the shore on December 14th, you know? Oh, that's like good imagery for the for the what we've seen from the trailer too. Hey, while we're sort of here, I wanted to say a couple of things um, before we jump into trailer talk. First of all, congratulations to you guys for the Patreon and having twelve or fourteen different shows. How many is it now? Twenty seven. <laughs> uh, well, thank you. As we're talking, it's climbing. You know. Um, um, no, but yeah, way to go, guys. Yeah, thanks, man. Now we're up. We're up to six, and mind you, a couple of them are are monthly. And one of them is going to be even less frequent than that. So saber rattling is going to be whenever something cool and unique comes along and I can line up some kind of interview or something very random and uh, cram it in there. Fork that over to the powerful friends. No, I think it's cool. And, and obviously uh, the Rebels talk, you know, is sort of uh, earmarked for, for ending it at, at a finite point as well. But still, six pods on the go, man. That's that's a lot of balls in the air. It is. It certainly is. Um, yeah. Well, that show will transition into something else. We'll t- we'll. I guess we'll we'll get into Clone Wars, Forces of Destiny, and uh, the old Clone Wars stuff, the Tartakovsky stuff. Um, yeah, all, all 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 other Star Wars animated stuff. Uh, Amazing. We'll do that in the interim between Rebels and whatever comes next from from Dave Filoni. Yeah, we're gonna have to get um, interesting there because there's gonna be a quite the hiatus, but. Oh yeah, I mean, there's 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 a lot of stuff to talk about, and I don't know how frequently we'll do it, but uh, you know that that will depend on M, who of course just joined the team and is helping us out on that aspect. Uh, so again, welcome to M. If you haven't followed M, it's emalum52 on Twitter, and uh, also if you didn't know, uh, Carlos Candido has joined us on Sith Disturbers. Of course, I knew. That's like the the biggest. The, that that is the most obvious. Um, thing that like the day I left, I think I said to you, uh, you know, if you're going to replace me, it seems like Candido would be the guy. 
for especially for a show like Sith Disturbers, or maybe you said that you said, yeah, especially for a show like Sith Disturbers, we'll see what shakes out. So like, to me, that, that just made all kinds of sense for, for, for a perfect fit for, for, for you guys on that show. Yeah. I mean, he, he, he just slides right in there. It's perfect. And yeah, it just, yeah, yeah it uh, took us a while to get our feet beneath us again, as we ramped up with, with more content and stuff like that. But yeah, things are, amazing. things are clicking into place. I, I, I like the, the team as it's, as it's building up and the content is like a bit of an avalanche now. I'm a bit overwhelmed. I'm not going to lie, but uh, it's, it, it, it's a lot of fun. Yeah, you're doing a good job. Yeah. And like, yeah, Car- Carlos was on last week and yeah, we did our first episode and it was super fun. As wow, always. Yeah, hurts the... I like herding cats. So I hear. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> and also well, I got, on the Patreon front, uh, thanks to Steve, uh, soon to be Steve Emerson with his upcoming nuptials. Uh, he has become a powerful friend. So thank you very much, Steve, on that. And uh, Steve, I, I want to say that's an awesome, awesome name. And it reminds me of one of my favorite um, lyrical poems. Uh, look up uh, Watsky. And he does he does something. Uh, he does a poem called Lisp. And uh, Emerson's a prominent uh, name in it. Anyways, uh, check that out. It's really cool. And congratulations. Yeah. Congrats, congrats to both you and Dan. That's, that's uh, coming up, I guess, this coming week. And, wow, man, a lot of stuff happening. Rebels is starting up. So anybody who listens to this podcast, as it hits your podcast feed, just know that right about now, I'm sitting with my feet up watching Rebels in quiet, enjoying uh, the Heroes of Mandalore. That's going to be nice. I'm so stoked for Rebels to come back. Yeah, it's like Rebels Eve. It is. <laughs> it's the last one, man. It's the last season. So, Corey, you're... Yeah, but the, you said that before, by the way. But this really is the last season. This is confirmed now. <laughs> it's, yeah. it's definitely the last season. And we won't know what's coming for, for a good long while, I would suspect. My, I think next celebration is in 2019. And I don't know that they're going to let us in on anything until then. Uh, no, I heard they've, they've got to uh, let go of three directors before they're releasing that. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, Corey, uh, collecting update. Anything new f- with you this weekend? Uh, I went on the hunt. Uh, I went to my regular honey hole. None of the second wave in six inch. Quite disappointing. I hit hit up a couple of, couple of places this week. Nothing. Uh, then finally, I went over to EB Games. I found a nice little score. I won't necessarily say what it was. And then I called my big bro, and I was like, I found a very powerful gift. Hint, hint. And he, yeah, uh, I don't know. Kyle might have uh, hooked something up, but I did purchase, I don't know why, and he got in my head about about a month and a half ago, and especially now that he's not in the pegs anymore, he's like nowhere to be found anymore, and he was so plentiful at one point, but Constable Zuvio, <laughs> I had to go and pick one up. <laughs> what? Yeah. Uh, I guess he is, he is sort of a curiosity now. Yeah, it's awesome. He's like, why, like, he's not even in the movie, and they made a six inch of him, you know, like, obviously his role got written out last minute i would think and yeah it's, it's a curiosity like you said so i had to have that curiosity <laughs> well congratulations Corey, we should go hit that one in together in hawksbury man if there was a if there was a, re, a second wave of stuff we should go hit that that uh, walmart in hawksbury i'm telling you i bet you there's a ton of stuff on the pig still i'm always down for a little star wars toy collecting road trip and then we can go to La Bella de Boeuf, because I don't know if you noticed, but Facebook says you owe me and Kyle a hamburger. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so like you alluded to, Corey, 
I did pick something up for our powerful friends. It's something it's kind of coveted right now. Just, is it blue? It, it is sort of translucent blue. <laughs> it is from the Black Series. Um, I might I might put a little snap of it on Twitter or Instagram or Facebook or all the above. But yeah, that's a powerful gift for our powerful friends. More powerful than you can possibly imagine. Is that, is that, an, is that enough of a hint? I think so. I would think so. What do you think, James? You like that one? Have you have you seen photos of that? Uh, you're gonna that spoil it. You're, you're gonna spoil it now, Corey. You, no, you're Corey's, the, but that's his job. That's that's what he does. Well, I think you just you're the worst, it. Corey. The worst. <laughs> well, I was waiting for you to spoil it. I asked you if you'd seen it. You could just say yes or no. <laughs> I have seen it. Yes. Because yeah, it's it's kind of I don't know. Gives me the warm and fuzzies. And you know what? The, the most important update of the weekend. I now know where Corey lives. Hey, <laughs> there you go. Time to move, Corey. <laughs> yeah, the, the jig is up. <laughs> All right, so uh, we we'll stop babbling now. So let's let's talk about what little Star Wars news there was. Uh, and before, I mean, we're gonna like I said, we're gonna talk almost exclusively about the trailer again this week. But before we do, uh, sort of a, a a drop, a hint at the drop of the Han Solo title is coming. And um, a lot of people are saying a, a teaser is going to be dropped uh, in with The Last Jedi. Does that make sense to you guys? It makes tons of sense to me. Yeah, it makes all kinds of sense, I think. I mean, we're we're so close now, you know? Uh, yeah. If, I, if, I, I thought we... If there was another major Marvel movie coming out between now and then, I'd say, you know... Like, remember Doctor Strange came out at around, I don't know, a couple weeks from now, leading up to the last... Um, so, so they, it had, it had the last, uh, sort of teasers at stuff, but there's no Marvel. I don't think there's a big Marvel movie coming out between now and, uh, Last Jedi, is it? Uh, Thor, Ragnarok. Yep. Oh, well, there That's going go. up against so Justice might, League. It might have something. Um, I mean, yeah, just maybe. thinking about this, you know, what's really interesting, interesting in the past couple of weeks, I think I've checked at least two or three times on the Han Solo project and its release date. Because I'm like still kind of almost in shock about that. Like, think about it, man. Like, we're getting the last Jedi like really soon. Han Solo is not even done filming yet. I mean, they're close, but either way, it's gonna be like we're gonna see Star Wars this December, and we're probably gonna see it multiple times. And even if you want, it's probably gonna still be in theaters in possibly, well, most likely March, possibly April. Well, so you can see if it follows the same pattern as Rogue One and. Uh, the Force Awakens, it will be out of theaters by early March, and then we wait for the DVD, like the first week of April. Okay, so put it that way, okay. Even if it's just March, like, not even two months later, we're going to be back in the theater. Like, you could watch it on, like, the, one of the last days it's in theater, and then, man, it's going to be two months apart. It's crazy. You think they're going to hold that date? <sighs> I don't think they can push it at this point. They've stuck so firmly to it, and... Maybe Ron Howard's like really committed to the project and said, no, we can do this. You know, as long as it seems like people are already starting to put bits and pieces together behind the scenes. And he's just wrapping up on filming now, just really tying some loose ends, it looks like. And then he can jump head on into that. And, you know, if they got the right team in place with the right vision and it's all properly organized, then I don't see why it can't be done. Well, it almost sounds like they're, they're shooting and editing on the fly. So they're they're piecing the movie together as they go instead of getting all this raw footage and then 
shaping it. I could be wrong, but that's that's the impression I get now that they they shoot, they edit, and you know on, on to post production that bit of film goes. Yeah, that could be a symptom of not shooting entirely from scratch, because they already have footage that you know that I'm sure a lot of it ended up getting cut, but I, from what I understand, some of it's also getting used, so maybe it makes it easier to edit on the fly. You know what I mean? Yeah. I yeah I think well considering he's still going I mean this is three months now I'm and he's still going he, this could go on for three and a half maybe four months I I, I got to think that that Lord and Miller w- there'll be no trace of them I mean this, we might get some footage that that they shot but as far as credits go I think they're they're done it's over Yeah I have to agree there that'll be interesting I mean I'm I'm glad I'm sure they'll they'll still get paid. But uh, yeah, there'll be sort of footnotes in Star Wars history after a while. So anyway, so uh, we're being told that um, the title could just as could be called Han Solo: A Star Wars Story, but also that you know we Boo. It's kinda, yeah that's kind of boring. Um, they made us wait this long for that. At this point, I need something. Yeah, it's gonna be. <laughs> I would hope it's if it's gonna be something that kind of uh, bland. Then it better be attached to the trailer. Like we better get the trailer at the same time to, you know, sweeten up that announcement. But the the way I'm looking at this is, if they're gonna attach the Han Solo trailer to the Last Jedi, on one hand, I think there's a danger that Han Solo trailer gets kind of washed away and forgotten a little bit. But on the other hand, and where I think I I, I lean to more. That you know, given the controversy surrounding surrounding the film, that attaching it to the Last Jedi is probably the best way to capture fans uh, while they're in the best mood they're going to be in for a long time. And then, like once you know, once they leave the theater, they leave and they go, "Oh, what a great movie the Last Jedi was!" And oh, sh- geez, we also got a Han Solo teaser. How cool was that? And then <sighs> suddenly, the 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 tone of the conversation surrounding that movie takes a big shift towards the positive. Yeah, it's possible, or it could be like a big overload at the same time too. Like after watching the Last Jedi, I think there's a good chance that our brains are going to be like spinning a bit, you know, a bit. Well, yeah. <laughs> and so then, even trying to just to remember, like what happened in that Han Solo trailer? Well, we know it's coming out, but well, that, that's and that's good. what I mean. That's I mean, again, like there's the big disclaimer here that Star Wars doesn't need really to be marketed. We'll we'll be there anyway, but. Yeah, there there is that that danger. I think that attaching it to the Last Jedi kind of dooms it to be a, a little bit forgotten. James, you have a take? Ah, uh, I could go. Everything I agree with everything. I'm just shaking my head here. Yes, 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 yes. I'm nodding along as as you bring up different scenarios. Um, I agree with the idea that it 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 could pay off to to put it right before um, the movie in the sense like you know you'll. You're giving it to the audience in the most receptive mood. Uh, you know, the, the the one little downside of that is if the movie doesn't do as well as you think, it's like a double-edged sword. Then maybe your preview doesn't do as well as you think too. But I, that's I don't think that's going to happen. Um, but at the same time, like it almost seems like a bit of a lost opportunity. Like you already have all your Star Wars fans in one place, and Star Wars fans are so keen that they run out and see movies <laughs> just for previews. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> we have been known From to a marketing do that. standpoint. It seems like may- maybe just a bit of a miss, you know. I kind of, I kind of see what you're saying there as well. Like Disney kind of likes to seize the day and 
they did it with uh, what was it? D23 was their own event this year and something like they basically you know it's true like rule the calendar as much as you can don't just put it out on one day you know when you can you know let the last jedi breathe a bit and then give han solo its own breathing space maybe a little later like on a i don't know a certain holiday or uh, yeah i don't know I've, who knows like there's there's people smarter than you the three of us put together making these decisions for sure right so they thought about all this stuff and they've got a reason to do it whenever they're going to do it but it that's my only my only hesitation when I heard you guys sort of talking about it. I'm like, wow, that's a bit surprising just because, like, we're already all there, you know, and we've paid our tickets and you've got us. So, you know, you don't have to give us that. I mean, it's nice. Maybe it's just – maybe they're just being really cool to their fans. That's all, that's another way to look at it, which is, like, maybe the most positive way. Yeah. Well, do you think they're being – do you think they're being really coy too in the sense that, uh, like, the title of the Han Solo film, like you said, we've heard rumors – what it might be um but do you think they they penned this amazing script supposedly we heard that the script was extraordinary so that being the case you would think that maybe the script came with a title already you know like they've possibly had this title in pocket this whole time <laughs> if, if so and it's han solo <laughs> that's the name of it I, I just don't understand why keep it till now like i don't know i've like, heard I, solo I possible just solo was a. Uh, was a rumor that was out there for a while. Yeah, for some reason, I I, I don't think they're gonna blow our doors off with with the title of the movie. I think it's gonna be something pretty not so, I don't want to say substandard, but it's not gonna be this exciting, earth shaking title. I don't. I, at least that's the sense I get. You guys want to venture any guesses? No. <laughs> James? Mm, no. No. Han Solo. Sounds like it's what it's going to be. Star Wars story. I pre- I prefer Solo to be honest over that. Whatever. What about Solo? What about Solo yeah. Run? Solo Run. Yeah, or Solo's Run. Sounds sounds know. like a sneaker. What if they call? What if the movie was called Kessel Run? Hmm. I was thinking about that too. I had Idiots of Ray written down as well, but it's kind of <laughs> been done. I don't think you should put idiot in the title. Yeah, no. It's probably a bad move. Exactly. Yeah, it's it's scratched out. <laughs> but I, I prefer I prefer almost more the the adventures of Han Solo or something, you know? Sounds like a teen lit. I wonder if if they're, you know, trying to keep naming conventions consistent across the the standalone films. So Rogue One, a Star Wars story, Han Solo, a Star Wars story. And if you know if the movies will follow the same you know, prologue and then fast forward X number of years, I wonder if they want to keep that formula because we hear we've definitely heard that about the Han Solo movie that it starts when he's eighteen and the meat of the movie is when he's in his mid twenties. So I wonder if that's a formula they intentionally want want to follow. Yeah, it's possible. Yeah, it could be. It makes sense for Han because I mean, there's so much to get done there, and like it looks like they're just jam-packing this story with different themes from out, throughout his life. Yeah, they're putting a lot into this movie. <clears throat> I, I wonder if they're not trying to get too much stuff in there. Never! <laughs> you, you just want all the fan service, huh? Not all of it, but definitely what I've heard so far, I'm liking a lot. We've said it from the beginning, all the stuff that, you know, should be there seems to be there. I mean, we've got Castle... Chewy, uh, 
Lando. Like those are some pretty big things, man. Hopefully, Jabba. how are they going to address him shooting first in this movie? Like it's going to come up. I hope so. Like how are they going to address that? What's the gag going to be? And and wait for the clickbait sites to turn it into an attack on George Lucas. Yeah, I remember Carl saying that they wouldn't do it just because they they wouldn't want that kind of attitude like toward George Lucas or nah, whatever. They got to address it almost. I think it's I, like I, I've thought about it. It's I like the t- thing people say. I could totally see it, like Woody Harrelson and them, like being in a scene, you know, and like something super crazy happening, like both of them almost getting like nailed, and then him being like, "I told you, like always shoot first. Yeah, or, or Han being like, "What just happened?" He'd be like, "What? I shot first. What?" <laughs> <laughs> or even some like even some smuggler scoundrel they meet along the way, like they're chilling with them, and the guy just kills two people, like bang bang, and then he's like. Like, learn from me, kid, kind of in a way, like, always shoot first. Yeah, you could say something that, yeah, that sticks with him. Like, you can shoot first or be dead. Yeah. All right, so I'm looking forward to that Han Solo teaser. Probably, possibly, I'll say possibly with The Last Jedi. I think it makes sense with with the time crunch between the two movies. They're going to have to get after it, so why not? All right, so. The the poster for The Last Jedi was also released last week, right before, minutes before, or was it about an hour before the trailer dropped? And they had a tough act. That makes sense. They had a tough act to follow with the teaser poster from Celebration. So, James, I'll kick this over to you first. What what were your thoughts on the poster? Well, when I first, first saw it, I sent you guys a text right away. And for me, for some reason, um, on my very first glimpse, like Leia really stood out to me as front and center. Like, I didn't even see Luke at the top. I just saw Leia right in the middle, and I, and, I, and actually, I was a bit, I'm not going to say I was put off, I was, but I was like, I sort of wondered if it felt forced, pun intended. <laughs> <laughs> um, the, you know, uh, I, don't, I, I just wondered if it was like too much, p- portraying her too much. So I asked you guys, and, and you both sort of said um, that you thought it was fitting. She's, you know, one of the main characters. And the more I looked at the, post, the poster, the more she sort of faded into it. She wasn't so prominent the more I looked at it. Uh, and I really liked the poster. But yeah, my, that was my first first impression. I sort of wondered if it was like... A little bit contrived? Not, yeah, which... And not coming from a bad place even, just like coming from a place of the, of, of the art department maybe being too close. Like, because I wondered if, if she deserved to... I'm, 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 I, might, I might take some heat here, but I wonder if, if Leia's character is so prominent. Maybe it is in the movie, I don't know. Uh, looks like it from that trailer, actually, that I saw an hour later. But um, I just it seemed a bit forced to me, and I wasn't sure if, if that felt right or not. But uh, everybody else I talked to sort of talked me off that little edge, and, and I quite like the poster. Yeah, it's pretty nice. It is. It, it, the more I see it, the more I, I tend to like it a little bit more. I, I still like the teaser poster a lot better. But this, Agreed. this again, I, I think, is a huge improvement. Yeah, it's starting to, to like carry through with the theme that we've seen in the past posters. Like the teaser poster was just kind of on another level a bit there, but this kind of seemed to fall into the flow or the theme of what we've been seeing. And I don't know, man. It uh, the thing with Leia, I didn't, I don't know, I didn't really see it that way either. Like I think she should be, she's gonna be a focal point for sure for a lot of the characters. So it's it's good to keep her front and center. And then later on during the week, I, I don't know if this is a case of looking too deeply into things, but somebody... Yep. 
<laughs> there we go. Moving on. Uh, but no, we, we didn't really get to talk about this. So the idea of embedding, uh, like subliminally embedding the image of Vader's face in the poster itself. And somebody went out there and sketched a couple of eyes and the, the, the contour of the helmet. Leia being the, the, the nose of Vader's breathing mask. And then, uh, you know, the triangular, triangular shape of, of his mouthpiece and saying, well, there you go. There's the shadow of Vader in this poster. I look at it now. I, I don't see it. I, I, even with the lines traced around it, I think it's too much of a reach. James, obviously, no, you agree, they right? Forced, they forced the important lines. Yeah, the, the, ones, the only one that's there, the only shape that your eye does naturally is the top of Vader's helmet with, with Luke's shape up there. Um, everything else is just placement. Yes, there's a there's a character in the middle, but you have to force that triangular. You have to force everything else. And if you don't have someone penciling it over, you don't see it, or at least I don't. And I I think it's a question of like, you know, playing the cloud game. Oh, does that look like a a bear climbing a tree? Oh, now it does that you say that you know kind of thing. But it's it's not. I just don't think. And maybe one day the artist will come out and say, yeah, absolutely, that was intentional. But until that happens, I'm, I'm going to go ahead and say, um, no, you have to want to see it for it to be there. What do you think, Corey? We, we never spoke about this either. Well, yeah, it does kind of seem a little tin hatty, but uh, it is, I'll put it this way. It is, it's almost because it's all symmetrical, right? It does seem a bit contrived to me, though. It's a bit of a reach, but I mean, it's cool. I could see it. Like, I still see it once it's drawn there. Like, I mean, it's just so, so vague that. <laughs> Someone flipped it upside down and drew Jar Jar. Drew Jar Jar. Did you see that? Yeah, for sure. And it's it's just as convincing. It's, it's yeah, just it, as, people started doing all kinds convincing. of different like iterations of it with with virtually any face on it, and it just became ridiculous after a while. Because I think yeah, I think it's the, the the only shape to me that pops out is the triangular portion of Leia uh, Finn Poe. That works out for me, but. You know, Ray and Kylo as the eyes, Luke as the helmet. I I really don't see it that way. I I almost when I saw it, I was like, hmm, like I wanted to believe it in a way, you know, because I'd like for Anakin to have some kind of role in this, to play some kind of part, aside from knowing what he's done with, to Kylo or whatever, you know. Like, hopefully, that he has speaking lines or even a Force Ghost appearance in this film, like. It was if, intriguing, if but I think it's a used reach. Skywalkers and Jet Force users on the poster, I might think maybe a little bit differently. But because you're relying on Finn and Poe, and I guess to lesser extents Chewbacca's their Phasma the droids, I don't, I don't know, I don't, I don't see it, I don't get it. But you know what? Like like you said, James, if the artist one day comes out and goes, "Yeah, that was totally intentional," and you guys debated it and. That was that was the whole point. Is it or isn't it? That, that I mean, I guess we'll wait, but I really don't see it. No, it's highly unlikely. All right, so let's 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 get into our further thoughts on this trailer, James. We don't have your take yet, but just a quick stat on this. So this this trailer was watched uh, in the first twenty four hours, uh, a ridiculous hundred and twenty point one million views. Online worldwide, wow. according to StarWars.com. Amazing, but like thirty of those are mine. <laughs> uh, yeah, probably same here. 
I, I don't know if it's counted as uh, unique views or like total views. I guess uh, totals 120.1. I don't know. Anyway, it's not just from YouTube. It's from all kind of different sources. So I don't know how they compile this. Um, but yeah, get get this. The record was set by It. And that was a, a trailer that was watched 197 million times. Holy cow. That was a good trailer. It was a good trailer. That is not a as good as staggering this number. And that, and that number grew to almost 250 million in 36 hours. That's crazy talk. The fate of That's the, a actually, very nostalgic uh, film for a lot of people, including myself. Really? I guess so. Oh, yeah, before I, I was a, I before loved, my time. That's one of the first books I ever read when I was, I was probably like 13 when I read it because I I saw I watched the movie first, read the book, and next thing you know, like right near where we Kyle used to live or where we used to live, then Kyle moved in the same general area. There was like these sewers that were big enough to walk in, right? Like, wow, man. We were crazy, like, ah, oh, so fun back then. And then other other prominent movies: The Fate of the Furious, 139 million views; Thor Ragnarok, 136; and Beauty and the Beast, 127.6. So all those movies still did better uh, than the, the Last Jedi trailer, which is crazy. People love What's trailers. That Thor, that Thor, Thor trailer did well just for that that Hulk scene. People just love that. I know, I know him. He's a buddy of mine. We work together. <laughs> that movie's gonna. <laughs> Supposedly, James Gunn went to go to the premiere the other day, uh, last week, and he said it's the funniest Marvel film he's ever seen. Nice. Now it looks it looks really fun. It's the only Thor movie that I'm considering going to see in theater. Oh yeah. The other two were, were also, straight rentals for me. They also said that. Uh, uh, Jeff Goldblum's character is their new favorite Marvel character in the entire MCU. Whoa. Okay. <laughs> That's a big crazy. Statement. Yeah, he, he was sitting beside John Favreau, and they said they couldn't stop laughing the whole night. All right. Well, they're they're selling me on this. <clears throat> All right. So, James, let let's get your thoughts on the trailer because it's the whole reason why you you needed to come back and get some things off your chest today. So. What are your big takeaways? What did you, what were your first impressions? Were you freaking out like the rest of us? Uh, yes, definitely freaking out. Um, what were my big takeaways? Well, so it, like I, it, it evolved as I watched it more and more because the first watch through, you sort of take everything at face value, or at least I did much more than on further viewings, right? Like, not that I I'm not aware when I watch any trailer that they're showing me. The, you know, the version of things that they want to. But, you know, I, I wasn't looking at it nearly as critically on the first view as I did, you know, on the 10th. Um, so on the first view, the dialogue, I thought, you know, where it seems like uh, Snoke is speaking about, or to uh, Kylo, and then Luke is speaking to Ray in sort of the same tone. Um, I, I thought that was sort of really cool, contrasting setup of, of this big rivalry. Uh, I say it looks like because I've later come around to sort of think that that dialogue that Snoke's talking at the beginning may be directed at at, uh, at Ray and not Kylo, but uh, we'll, we'll talk about that a little later on. Um, the, the thing that stood out to me most uh, was was how the last scene where Kylo and her are having that really tranquil 
moment amidst total chaos and disaster. Like you've got the obvious um, uh, aftermath of some sort of fire explosion. Something really bad is happening. Embers are falling everywhere, but there's like no music. It's super quiet. It's just calm, calm dialogue where she's like, I need to know my place in all this. And he reaches his hand out. That part of the trailer really like has spent the most time in my head making me think, what's their relationship? How are they going to, how are they going to set this up? What are they going to deliver to us? And I've got a whole bunch of new ideas on that um, because of this trailer. And I'll also say, uh, like I, like I sort of started off with, I've never been more excited for a movie. I don't think ever, maybe, maybe the first Lord of the Rings trailer that I ever saw. Um, those are the two that I, that stand out for me is like, I'm, I was just so, I wanted to see the movie immediately. Uh, and it, it had been lying much lower on my radar until then. Well, yeah, cause you, you were, you were kind of washed in, in not doubts, but you definitely had your fears and anxieties about what they were going to do or potentially do with this movie. And so I, well, that's something, yeah, you're, you're right. And that's something I remember I sent a text to you, I don't know, maybe a month ago. And I was like, something interesting has happened since I stepped away from the show, about like how I'm sort of seeing Star Wars. I, I realized that doing the show um, with Corey <laughs> was sort of like, <laughs> it was sort of like being, like having a girlfriend that had different views than you. And, and like, when you're sort of neutral on something and like the person that you spend a lot of time with takes one side, you find yourself arguing the other. Because you could go sort of either way. I don't know if that if that sort of makes sense. Sure. But Corey Corey is so um, gung ho and like uh, has so much blind faith that he'll love everything in Star Wars. I found myself questioning things for him doing the show, like <laughs> challenging things that that maybe I wouldn't. But like I just found myself doing it because he was like, "No, that's going to be amazing. Nothing could possibly be wrong about that." And I'm like, "Well, well, this could be wrong, or this could go wrong, or this could be, you know." Not everything's perfect. Anyway, so I, I realized <laughs> like after... a certain scar. <laughs> yeah, that's there's there's a complaint you actually have, um, but I realized after stepping away from the show that I'm much more keen on everything than I sort of talked myself into. I'm much more, and I'm much more, um, I'm much more open to letting them do whatever they want with like things that I thought I, I didn't want them to touch. Like the, the whole Jedi thing has become much less important to me. Even after this trailer too, the whole world, like the direction they take and who's most powerful and, and, and even what they do with like the chosen one, like it seems like they're setting up these two to be, you know, when Luke, for example, when Luke says, I've only seen this kind of raw strength once before, if he's talking about Kylo, then they've, then they've reset the power level for Jedi in this trilogy. Cause you know, that he battled Vader. And Vader was supposed to be the benchmark in the in in the in the universe, right? So if these two are on a whole other plane, if they've gone Super Saiyan, um, then I thought you know old that would have bothered old me, and I'm I'm sort of okay with it. I'm like, all right, let's let's see where they take that. I like I like where you say they're about Super Saiyan. <laughs> well, I, I wonder if there's there's something in the wording of raw strength. Because Vader wasn't raw strength, I don't think at that point. And not not to argue your point. Like I, th- Vader, Vader was sort of the master, as as he said. By that point, Ray and Kylo just—they're just—they're—they're you know, they're geysers at this point. They don't know what they're True. doing. Well, I I got a bit of a parallel to draw here between what you're saying, James. When Snoke's saying the raw, untamed power, and saying that it's gonna bring something truly special, 
like that's really interesting to me like i think it goes back like if you look at trailer one it's not snoke talking and narrating at the beginning it's luke and luke saying what do you see and she sees the light she sees the dark and she sees the balance now i'm i think that's kind of connected you know what i mean what whatever snoke's seeing it's a combination of both kylo and ray in a way i would think so i see i'm drawing a parallel there or a correlation oh ab- absolutely i think they're they're taking us towards this idea of of needing both light and dark the gray is going to be involved somehow and i think that scene at the end of the trailer where he reaches out to her like I, they're they're like a uh, we talked about this earlier a yin and a yang to each other maybe they're they are the light and the dark um and well, it's, which one's which one's which you know i gotta ask you this james because this because you were just talking about it earlier about that scene in particular um me personally i don't think that's the same scene like if you look at ray like i've I said it before like i think she's wearing you know the, the costume that she has on when she meets luke at the end of the force awakens it looks like she's still wearing that. And granted, I mean, uh, a lot of people have also said that, you know, it still makes sense from a technical standpoint because people try to point out, like, irregularities and all that stuff. But personally, I don't think that's the same scene where he, she's telling him, like, I need someone to show me my place. Like, I personally think that's spliced together in, in the Could trailer be. just to get us talking like this. You know what I mean? Could be. I, I, um, certain, certainly a lot of the stuff in the, t- in the trailer is going to be... Th- you know, uh, mis- misleads, but uh, some of it will be true. So it's trying to pick out what, what will be. The other thing that that rung that I noticed or that I thought of as we started doing the show, and I wrote down as a note here, is throwaway. We know Star Wars it, it, it throws away bits of trailer pieces that aren't even in the movies. And have you guys, you know, considered that a lot of this might not be in the movie? Oh, absolutely. Oh yeah, we talked about it, but I don't know. I, I I have a strong feeling that a lot of it is, including the dialogue. Well, I mean, it seems like it was such it's a smooth in, production that they got exactly what they needed and what they wanted. But that could also include specific stuff for the trailer. I I, I can no longer count that that out. I mean, we've been we've been kind of I don't want to say duped, but Rogue One definitely nailed us. And there was a few things in the Force Awakens where it's like, where what happened to that? Oh yeah, that was gone. It could be, but you know, it's good that they do that. I love it because I was I was waiting for for them to be saved by that Tie Fighter, and when it didn't happen, I realized that I couldn't count. It's it, it was like you know um, getting a free pass on on knowing who lives and who dies when when you don't when you don't know. It's so much more exciting to watch. And and once I realized that that not everything was going to be what I thought from the trailers, it gave me even more anticipation and more. You know, more thrill. Because yeah, all, all I want the trailers to do now is is give me a tone. Exactly. Make like, me think that's that's what's that's what's so good about this trailer is that just you can't really tell who's talking to who and what's going on, but it, you still kind of get that the theme of what I I hope the way they're they're trying to point us toward. You know, but I think a lot of it there's so much misdirection, so many scenes that are spliced together. Yeah. Uh, I, again, I, I I can't put anything past these guys at this point. But here's a question I have for both of you because we haven't talked about this. In fact, I haven't heard anybody talk about it. But how does this new trailer reframe the big controversial statement from the first trailer? It's time for the Jedi to end. Does it? Does this trailer layer onto that at all for you guys? A bit now mm-hmm. that we we've seen it progress. Now I was thinking about it today because I did watch the first trailer 
several times recently to kind of compare them and draw correlations. And I kind of have a feeling that, you know, when Luke says that, it's more toward the beginning of him and Ray still. Well, he's he's wearing his TFA robes. So exactly. you know it's the, the, That's... for the first part of the movie. Exactly. So I think, you know, I don't know necessarily if he's going to come to his senses, but he may change his mind and start training her, you know? Well, we know we know he trains her. We know that much. That's true. But I think, you know, that could be part of that process. You know, he's still unsure, but uh, I just think it's more toward the, the beginning of the film, the first or the beginning of second act or whatever. Yeah, I I, th- I would say that's definitely first half of the movie. No, no, no question about that. I would say. And again, maybe, maybe... Mm-hmm. I think I I think it it lends way. I th- from what I interpret, anyways, I think it they're probably. If I had to put money on it, I think they're probably gonna take it more towards something like um, the Jedi should end as as a philosophy, because you know we've discovered something truer. Something stronger, something so much bigger, as per Luke. I do. I think that, and and as much as I was afraid of that before, before, and it's sort of still like, I hope they do it right. Obviously, any we we shouldn't have to make that caveat every time we suggest an idea. Everything has to be done. Yeah, I hear that all the time on podcasts, including ours. If they do it right, well, of course, like nobody wants it to be done incorrectly or badly or sloppily or cheaply. (laughs) Of course, it has to be done right. So, right. Um, but, uh, I think I'm okay with it. I think, or not just okay with it, but I think I'm excited by the idea. What was exciting about the original trilogy was I didn't know anything about the force and this movie opened my mind to this like super cool thing I could play with and imagine and be and pretend. And like, maybe these movies will give us something new to spark our imaginations. Oh yeah. They're going back to the beginnings of it all. Like just the, the look on Luke's face when they see, when he sees the the cliff crack and just oh, like, I want to talk about that when when he knows what he's starting to deal with here like it's he said in the first trail it's so much bigger like it, I think we're really in Snoke too like when he says something truly special like there's there's something going on here that's going to give us an understanding of the force that it's so much greater and more powerful than we could possibly ever imagine you know well Vader alluded to that when the when he talks about the Death Star blowing stuff up being nothing but um uh, let's talk about the, the earth cracking for a second. How far do you think they're going to take that um, that scene? If it's a temple opening, which do we agree that's some sort of like, te- that's the opening of some sort of doorway or temple gateway or something? Well, I, I threw it out there in, in our breakdown last week where, yeah, maybe she's, you know, Luke's been there all this time and he's maybe he's had some success, but he hasn't ultimately found what he's looking for. And she just cracked the seal. I think that that's it. I think maybe it took two of them. Um, I don't know if it's either way. I think she cracks the seal. But here's my question: If that's the case, we've seen in the animated series when it, when this when a temple opens, it's like visually impressive. And we've seen movies like Inception and Doctor Strange where they can make live action scenes where buildings shift and landscapes move. Like how far, how how impressive is the opening of this temple going to be? Well, per- personally for me, I think that scene is more Luke beginning to train her and it's kind of a re- representation of her raw strength. Like when he turns around and looks like that, like I think it's her just touching out when he's like, you know, reach out, breathe, all that stuff. Like I just think that's more like he's starting yeah, to... I've... He, 
I don't I'm know. Convinced it's, it's more than that. Well, I think she's gonna need that power, whatever she's untapping. I think she's gonna need that to open the temple in the long run. But that cracking of the cliff, I really do see it more as her just having this power that she's not fully able to control yet, and Luke just like looking at it like, holy cow, like this is way more than I, I'd ever thought. Kind of like, like are, are we convinced that? Well, you could still answer the question though. If the temple, if there's a temple that's to be opened. Live action. They've never done that in Star Wars. They no. have done it in animated. It should be amazing. Is it going to be an impressive thing? Yeah. Oh, Is it yeah. going to be like in the animated series? Well, I think it because of the primitive nature of Acto, like, I think it might be a little more simpler, darker, baser. And these are different Jedi. Like, I think they're learning new and different things. And again, like, being the first temple, maybe it's a little more primitive, uh, but still very cool. Yeah, it, 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 there's plenty of room to make it an impressive visual. But are, are we convinced about Luke's expression? Is, is, is it fear that he's like, oh my God, who is this person? Or is it, I can't believe what she just did? I guess it could... It, it, I, I'm going to go with B. Because my, my initial reaction was... Go with B. Like he's, he was scared of of the power in front of him. But now, you know, the more I watch the trailer... I guess, you know, I, I'm thinking it's maybe a little bit of, of door number two as well, where he's like, oh, what is it? Like, she did it. It's happening. It's finally happening. She un- she unlocked the door. This is it. Here we go. And it could be something like that. Um, I thought it was that from the first viewing, and I I never wavered. I've always thought that's what that scene was. But then he, he, go, then he goes on to talk about how he's only dealt with this raw strength, or he's only seen that raw strength like that once before, and it didn't scare him enough then, but it does now. So it does... That does tend to indicate that he's afraid of, or should be afraid of who he's. I said, I think, I think that's going to be one of the first times they meet again, and like when she shows him, okay, like let me try and reach out to the force and show you what I can do. Once he finally agrees to say, like, all right, I'll train you, you know. Uh, and then he sees that, and he's just like, oh my god. But I want to ask you guys something about that in that scene where he says, uh, "I've seen this once before, and it didn't scare me enough then." Who does he? Who do you think he's talking to? Do you think it's Ray that he's talking to directly? And also, where is he? And what is that symbol that's behind him that's on the floor? Oh Jesus! I would say yes. He's absolutely talking to Ray. Who else could he be talking to? A force ghost, maybe. Like explaining, like what if a force ghost pops out and he's like in that tree and they're like, like Luke, what are you doing? Come on, man! And he's just like, man, I saw this once before. You were there. You saw it too. Like. I'm uh, maybe who knows like we don't know anything that could be that could be our first force ghost moment you know someone pops up because it does look like there's something illuminating his face a bit it seems bright you you could be absolutely right I, I but I'm I'm as of this moment I'm pretty convinced he's talking to Ray yeah that would make the most sense I agree with you but I don't know I just kind of that just kind of popped in there too because it looked I don't know. I saw this kind of like a bit of an illumination. Like I, I question everything about this trailer. Every time I see it now, it's like who's talking to who, <laughs> you know? Yeah, me too. I've I've rewound dialogue back and forth to see like is that are they wearing the same glove, the same vest, the same are the boots the same? Like I'm I'm trying to find anything too. Well, t- touching back on that, James. So let's just rewind a bit here and talking about the you were saying you know Kylo extending the hand with the embers, and I was saying Ray with her the Force Awakens guard yep. when she arrives on Acto. There's that first thing, and also, when I watched the first trailer again, the one that came out uh, back in April, I believe, um, looks like 
you know, Kylo, he's pointing his saber, right? At one point in the film and kind of twisting it right in front of his face. I don't know if you remember that scene in the first Mm -hmm. one. It looks like there's a fire behind him there as well. So I would think that I'm thinking that those two scenes are the same, like from the same scene. What if it's yeah, that could be what here's here's a new thought. What if it's at the end of the movie on crate inside the resistance base and Kylo is face to face with Leia? I've thought of that too. And he's he's pointing the saber threateningly, as we saw in the trailer, either at her or at her entourage, whoever's with her. And the, the extended hand is towards her. And that's that's when Leia's like <laughs> takes off her shoe and whips it out on him and he's just like, uh, okay, mama. <laughs> slapping him around with a with her purse. Bang, bang. Get get over here. <laughs> Pulls him by the ear. Ow, 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 mom. I I I'll say I'll be shocked if he's not extending that hand to Ray. Although if if it's to anyone else, that's the only other person it could be is Leia. But I'll, or, I'm going to go and say Luke. that. I, it could be Luke too, in a way. No like, way. Uncle, I'm sorry. I'm sorry I killed everybody you love. I feel like, it, I um, feel like it, it can only be Leia. And I'm trying I'm trying not to be too rigid with it. But I feel like everybody else he just wants to kill. And he's Leia, he's, he's 50-50. Well, I'd say Luke's definitely a percentage there. Ray is definitely a percentage. And Leia as well. Like, you got to dis- Sounds like we- a poll. Exactly, and but we got. What I'm saying it's just those three options. Like you can't. It's not going to be expending his hand to Poe. Could it's be three PO. Could be Hux. <laughs> could be three PO. Ah, <laughs> uh, you, you only never My know. Grandpa's droid. Uh, okay, so what else we got here? Well, can we can we just say it looks like Mark Hamill is going to act the hell out of this movie? Yeah, seriously. I, that's one of the things that I took away off the first viewing. I was like. Ah, I was so happy about that. Like he's so passionate, and I don't know. I just want this for him so badly. Well, no kidding, man. He de- he deserve he deserves more praise, I think, than he gets as as an actor. I got a few things that I want to touch base with you guys on. Well, okay, go uh, ahead, go I, ahead. Okay. Um. Again, I don't necessarily know this is the case or whatever, but I had sent a question over to Talk Star Wars this week. I'm not sure if they're going to read it because they probably were so uh, hit up with questions and whatever in the trailer breakdown. But um, what's the, Kylo Ren, you remember that scene, James? I've talked to Kylo about this because I sent him the email. But uh, he's basically, you know, when he's saying killing the past and all that. Yeah. Could he possibly be about talking? Can he be talking about himself? Like in that same scene. We I thought it was self-talk Yeah, that's when, ex- when I first heard it. When I first heard it, I thought it was self-talk. Because they, they lead you down that, that direction, right? Like, you see him smashing his helmet. Then you don't see him wearing the helmet all that much afterward. Like, maybe he's yeah. like... In a way, it's like, I'm still kind of confused about that. Like, maybe he is kind of giving up that name of Kylo Ren and coming back to Ben, maybe, you know? Mm, that's not what I thought they were going with it. But I did think it was self-talk the first time I saw the trailer. I've come away from that since then, but that was my first impression. It's funny. I wasn't – my first viewing, I didn't get that. And then after a few viewings, I was like, yeah, that's – I don't know. It's weird. Okay, let me ask you this. Did you guys notice – and this is a character. Here's a name you haven't heard for a while. Remember, remember Mrs. Gray? <laughs> oh, from, yes. From Ad's we edition? Did, well, she makes an appearance in the movie. <laughs> you guys caught that silver fox? 
The Kyber Fox? <laughs> the, the, the crystal yeah, foxes? Yeah, man. Those, those, th- those are so cool. Those things are super cool. Yeah, they are going to... And... They're going to be seen... Well, I hope they're in it more than what we just saw, where they just kind of scamper off. That's exactly what I was just going to say, and I hope that wasn't like... We just don't see them chased in one scene that we've already seen in the preview, and that's it. I hope there's some, they're, they do something cool. Like, eat, maybe they eat porgs. <laughs> well, they're they're on crate for sure. Um, yeah, I, I wonder if they could be somewhat domesticated, and then they're, they're kind of sicked on a bunch of stormtroopers and biting their ankles and chewing their faces off. They looked sentient to me. They looked intelligent. They looked uh, amazing. They look, I like how they're coming. Yeah, they look into cool, them. but I also I don't think they're going to be wild animals for some reason. I think I kind of be... got you there. I mean, they're kind of made of crystals, so hopefully they're special. But uh, yeah, it looks like they're definitely coming to take shelter from the oncoming storm. That's for sure. Yeah. So let's take a second and just talk about the 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 sequence with uh, Kylo and Leia, that intercutting back and forth, and just the acting that both of them are putting on in, in those scenes. It's incredible. What's the emoting from from Adam Driver? I, my God, Driver is a standout in that trailer, man. As much as 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 everybody's acting the, their pants off in that trailer, Hamill and and Fisher, for me, Driver, man, just his face, he, the, the torture and the conflict that on that guy. Face. That guy's got it. Yeah, yeah I, he really nailed some of those scenes. I th- I'd say uh, Driver and Hamill definitely like for me equal, but oh my God. Yeah, those yeah. the trembling, the the look on his face. Yeah, it says it all, kind of. Well, it's it's funny that nobody's talking anymore about how Star Wars is badly acted or badly written. Like TFA, and I I think we can safely say the Last Jedi. I've I've kind of stamped that out a little bit because uh, Daisy Ridley, John Boyega, Adam Driver is you know, right at the top of that list, and even Harrison Ford. They these guys all put in great performances in TFA. And it looks like that's going to continue right through uh, the Last Jedi, and maybe even taking it up a notch. Like that whole notion that you know, Star Wars is sort of a place where where actors go to ham it up is kind of dead now. I think. Yeah, it's they're different movies too. It's just it's evolved so much, right? Yeah, they really have. They're really different. This is such an amalgamation of so many different aspects of Star Wars. I I don't think you get away with. That old, you know, uh, '70s pulp stuff anymore. It's the- no, it's it's definitely a sign of the times when, you know, we get we'll get into a question later on. Uh, but having watched the trailers for the saga and everything recently, man, it's really a sign of the times. All right, so uh, James, what do you think? Is is Kylo going to pull the trigger on Leia? The trailer sure makes you think he's gonna. Um, no, I think that's a mislead. Hundred percent. I think it's a mislead. I don't. I don't think he can. You know, if 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 they've got if they want us to be interested in this character, um, th- then there's got to be some sort of redemption arc for him, or at the very least, they've got to make him. Um, they've got to make give him you know inner torment. And if he kills both of his parents, it doesn't make me hate him more than just killing Han. So I, I don't see why they take they would take his character there. You know. Yeah, well, I think last week I—I I don't know if I did I mention this, Corey. Um, I feel like that if he if he does, if he kills Leia, I, I personally would hate him even more. 
but that could you yeah yeah i mean yeah <clears throat> like right. I, I like hating him i think he's a superb villain and i want to keep hating him i don't want to root for him <clears throat> so i i think if he takes the shot and tries to kill leia at that point for me it's like okay don't try to sell me a redemption story at this point this he's he's picking off our favorites one at a time here so i i think if he, if he goes down that road um yeah I, I think if he goes down the road of trying to kill leia the, the, it's a sealed deal and i it's the same with the other the other way if he bails and decides i'm not going to do it then i think you keep that door open for redemption but i think i think option which is more compelling makes it more interesting yeah, it keeps things more interesting for sure my, my i'm still sticking to my theory and i'm more convinced every time I, I i see the trailer that that will be completely unresolved we'll we'll never know if he would or wouldn't because poe is going to fly in and interrupt him and i think we see him uh taken off in his his you know, uh, tricked out uh boosted x-wing i think we, he he takes flight in that and rushes out to meet kylo ren and, and stops him right before he may or may not have pulled the trigger well, I don't think we'll ever know, but I'm I'm getting mm. kind of married to that take. Yeah, I like that take. That's I, I could hang my head on that. Yeah, it looks it kind of looks that way. But the only thing that kind of when I thought about that as well, because you see him turning on the afterburner there, in one scene, and the only thing in my head canon that's kind of contradicting it right now is you also see like we're all under the assumption that it seems to be the escape from Dakar at that point in the film, and it looks like Poe's on a transport at that point, you know. And almost thinks I almost think maybe that his ship got trashed at in at the car, you know, like you see it in that hangar. Well, you see, that could be crate. Yeah, well, but I, 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 I know what you're talking about. You see him looking Corey. out that window of the transport, you know, and he's like, "Oh man, like the whole fleet's getting messed up." But it's possible from that point that he he hops into this new X-wing with the and says, "Like I don't care, I, I got to get out there and save the fleet," you know, like do my part. Yeah, because I think what we're gonna well, again, I. My theory is that he looks out the window and sees all hell's breaking loose out there. They've been ambushed. The first order's arrived. So he gets into his flight suit, and we see the the, the shot from the first trailer where his X-Wing in that hangar gets destroyed. I think that's his, his X-Wing from TFA. It gets scrapped, and so his plan B is to go for this prototype X-Wing with the afterburner on it. And he takes off from that from a separate hangar. That's kind of my guess at this point. That makes sense too. They might want to save that for the last battle on crate, but you never know. Yeah, is there going to be a space battle while the ground assault? No, he's, like he's flying one of those yeah, janky speeders. That's true. As much as we love Poe, he can't be in two places at once. <clears throat> All right, what else? Uh, what? What? I got something big to talk about here in the trailer. Um, Ray meeting Luke in the cave. Hmm. Like, you see her dive into that cave, and, ah, man, when she comes up, after watching this trailer repeatedly, even even the first time seeing it, like, you know, she dives in, and that's super cool, and I think that's part of getting into the temple, personally. Once she gets in, she climbs up, and she sees Luke, and the way she stands up, it's almost like a challenging not knowing stance and the way Luke is looking at her is super daunting and dark and foreboding almost like it doesn't seem like a cheery situation whatsoever and it seems like there's gonna be a confrontation and then not too long after in the trailer we seem that it looks like the exact same scene same environment 
Luke's super wet as well. Uh, and he's saying, this isn't going to go the way you think. So it looks like she put him down. Well, yeah, that, that's another thing we talked about last week, right? Um, but just, like, imagine, like, take a screenshot. If you guys, next time you guys watch a trailer, just look at her. Once she puts the hand up and then you see her standing up and the way Luke's standing in the background, like, I got a very dark feeling about that. Like, Luke looked like a bad guy in that scene, man. Yeah, there's there's there's, there's some threatening body body language going on there for sure. It's it's not uh, it's not all warm and fuzzy going on. But is is there also some something going on there with is Ray wearing the same clothes in both shots of her? We see her like once going into the water and once coming out of it. I think so. I didn't. Yeah, it looks like it. It is, eh? Yeah, it looks like it. All right, but yeah, I mean, it's inter- it's interesting how she can swim. <laughs> it's interesting how she can do a lot of things. We're not going to start questioning her ability to swim, are we? No, I think it, swimming is more humanly innate than flying the Millennium Falcon, <laughs> which she she did pretty easily. Yeah, uh, correct. <laughs> um, yeah, no, that those scenes with the water and the caves look look uh, a little bit scary. Maybe a, a bit of a turning point in their relationship. Yeah, and spoiler alert, Ads pointed out something really cool from that scene that we'll come back to. Yeah. Yeah, we'll get to that yeah, momentarily. Good good catch. Uh something I think maybe is overlooked as a talking point, but this is the scene where it looks like Ray is, is looking at those books. Now it, it, is she the first one to lay eyes on those books? I touched upon that before as well, and I think it's really quite possible now we've seen the leather glove of luke caress the book it's a it's a caress of longing i don't think he's saying to her like look at these lovely books like or telling maybe he's telling her a story who knows it could be that way but i think it's her the way she's looking at them and the way it's lit up so perfectly with that hole in the tree and light being shown upon it like uh i don't know like it's definitely it's very interesting, anyhow. Those books intrigue me to the utmost. It's one of the most important things of the film for me. That whole tree, too. So intrigued by all that. And what it has to show us and tell us. And I think it is very possible that that is the case. That she was the first one to, to find them? Yeah. I'm starting to think that way. What about, what about you, James? Um, I hadn't really thought about whether or not Luke had seen it before until just now when you said that. And you've convinced me that she's, that that's, you know, whatever they either, when they swim through the cave to get into the temple, as Corey suggests, or when she cracks open something. The tree. Uh, it I, looks like the books are in the tree. That's, that looks pretty evident to me. Yeah. Well, there's there's a, a tree scene later, too, where, the, where there's like some burnt trees. A- anyway, all to say, I think, uh, I think that, yeah, she's probably the first to lay her eyes on that. And it, And what do you think that book is? Is that the Journal of the Wills? It's definitely got something to do with the Jedi, 100%, because that's their symbol. And again, it's written on paper, which is uh, probably something Luke and Ray have never even seen before. Like, George Lucas made a firm point of saying there is no paper in the GFFA. <laughs> now there is now. It's true, no? There is now. That's it. So then it's ancient, more than ancient. So if if we we go a little bit further with this, if Ray is the one to have 
the first one to lay eyes on those books, I don't think she's going to really give a rip about what they are. I think she'll be like, hey, cool. Uh, Luke, check it out. There's some books here. And I think that's when Luke might stagger in and go, oh, my God. Like, there's Corey's caressing coming in. He's he's finally found him. Like, what he's been looking for all this time is now in front Paul! of him. What if that's the point where he decides to teach her what she's like? Basically, like, you see her, like, looking at him. You got to assume that it's him. And she's, like, puts her hand on that cliff and she's looking at someone, like, it's probably Luke storming away, you know, like, I can't do this. And, like, ah, leave me alone. And then she's all by herself and she's scared and she needs someone. And then she's like, okay, I'm going to go off on my own. And she finds the books. And then Luke's like, I can't believe you just did that. Like, I'm going to help you now. That could be the turning point. And maybe she cracks open the mountainside wide open and it leads to the force tree and all this other stuff that Luke's never seen before. Well, it's definitely the tree. Like, I have to say those books clearly, like, it has to be the tree that they're in. And if you have to get them through them from caves or whatever, that's fine to me. But, I mean, it's definitely inside that tree somehow. Now, it's. I guess it also makes sense that if Luke had found them before, why would he just leave them there? Like, wouldn't he have just scooped them up and brought, brought them up to his hut so he can just check them out and read them whenever he wanted instead of having to go down into this damp little tree? No, it's like Raiders of the Lost Ark. You can't remove it from this place? Yeah. Mm. Mm, and Last Crusade. I, I think, yeah, you're probably right. If he would have been there before, he'd, he would have taken the book with him. At least one of yeah, them. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, I, I think I, I'm also leaning that way, that Ray's the one that finds them has no idea what they are but uh yeah luke knows exactly what it is and the signification too like or this uh, symbolism behind like when you see that shot hopefully you see that shot in the movie and it's not made specifically for the trailer from the first trailer where it's the books on that shelf just so perfectly lying there and the light is coming through this hole like being like shown on them it's like Oh, man, like it looks like a mystical moment now, like you said, like a revelation, a first timer. Yeah, I, I, I fully agree with that. I fully agree with that now. Uh, but again, <laughs> leave some leeway there in case that's not the case. You don't, so you don't get so offended that they didn't do what you wanted. Oh, I won't, <laughs> well, it's not what I want. I'm just saying that caress is selling it for me. Yeah, the caress is yeah. That that's it's a biggie. I I've found what I'm looking for. It's funny when when I get to, from a certain point of view, I'm gonna caress the book like that. <laughs> <laughs> are you in on that yet, James? Are you are you a part of that project? I'm not part of that project. Well, you are now. I'm in. Yeah, we're gonna we're, um, gonna, we're gonna try and get everybody to at least locally around here to sign that puppy before we send it off uh, on its voyage. And read it. The uh... The um yeah definitely, the one thing I I sort of was questioning or you know I I haven't decided what I think fully about since seeing the trailer is is what's what's the what's the tone that that they're trying to make us think is going with with Ray and is it the same one that you thought they take and what I mean is did they did they make it seem enough like she's being tempted by the dark side because to me there's really only that reach out at the end. That's from Kylo. That if that's towards Ray, that sort of suggests she might be tempted. And I really thought they'd play that up a whole lot more. Mm-hmm. Yep, I thought. I don't. I thought we'd see. Yeah, go for it. I, I, well, I thought we'd see a bit more of that. No question. And but it's that that crack 
that cracked door at the end where they're trying to make us think that maybe she would consider going with Kylo after everything that's happened, that, yeah, she would still actually have a conversation with him and potentially uh, go off with him for whatever reason. So wouldn't it be great in keeping with the theme of Star Wars if after he extends his hand, she just lightsabers it right <laughs> off? <laughs> well, it, someone's got to get the, I want to see someone this dismembered in this film uh, yeah that's another Star Wars theme alright so without rambling on for too much longer uh, do, we, do we have our big thoughts out from from the trailer I think we I mean, we're going to continue so. talking about it we're just going to rope in the powerful friends here but uh, as, as far as we're concerned everything's out on the table yeah my, car- um, my cards what, are showing one quick thing, uh, if you guys want to take a look, um, Manabite on Twitter, he tweeted out, I looked for it, man. I tried. It's such a quick scene. I froze it over and over, but supposedly it's there. Amid the minute 39 marker of this trailer, you can see the supremacy. He he somehow screen capped it, zoomed in, whatever he did. But from according to his photo, it's totally there. That's okay. I haven't. I didn't see it, but I, I totally buy that we would see it. Why Why would we not? see that that ship in this movie well i mean it's so hard to see like i didn't see it in that trailer like we're gonna see it in the movie but in the trailer i definitely didn't see it so i thought that was a nice grab cool all right so let's take a quick break you guys and we'll come back with a i don't know it's 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 shorter in volume of questions this week binary sunset segment of the show Uh, but we'll see how far we can stretch things so we'll kick things off with ads as we normally do and uh, we'll go from there. Evening, chaps. Hope you are both well. Okay, uh, a few questions or, or sort of observations for this week. So, from the trailer, that wonderful uh, trailer we got, uh, here's a few things that I've I've read, I've seen, uh, I've I've noticed myself in some cases. So, the the first one is the scene on crate uh, with the gorilla walkers. Uh, did you notice the the smaller Atat walkers in there, which really showed how big the the gorilla walkers are? Uh, and also, is that Kylo Ren shuttle flying in above? Do we think? Um, the second thing we see a clip of Ray diving down into the water, uh, whether that's the sea or a uh, underground lake in. in in a cave, perhaps. Um, did you notice the giant uh, skull on the right-hand side? Uh, if you freeze-frame, you can see this this huge skull there. And there were rumours from before that perhaps Ray would have to fight some kind of sea monster. Um, so perhaps that's a clue. Uh, we see Kylo pick up his lightsaber and in the background you can see the praetorian guards in their their red cloaks do we think that this is perhaps part of his final training set by snoke towards the start of the film uh, maybe he has to fight uh, some or all of the praetorian guards i'm not certain whether the clip just before that of, of him in his helmet is actually not uh, from somewhere completely different in the film and I say that because the shot of him picking up the lightsaber could actually be right at the end of the film and somehow he is 
part of um, saving or assisting a, a Ray or a Luke maybe uh, in a final action scene. And then I, I saw this. Uh, I saw this on uh, YouTube, I think, and the shot of Leia, the first shot of Leia that we see, is that Gareth Edwards in a cameo walking across behind her. I believe uh, Ryan Johnson was in Rogue One, so perhaps there's a return of the favour. So do with those as you wish. Uh, I'm sure it will be another fantastic show, and I shall look forward to listening. Take care. Bye. And there goes ads once again with another great question this week, or not question, observations, notes from the last Jedi trailer. Like like I said, is it this this trailer still has everybody's head spinning. So uh, let's let's try and talk through ads observations here. Uh, where where should where should we start? Um, yeah, I mean, he mentioned the the smaller at ats alongside the ATM six walkers, which I think is you know I agree is a really nice touch. It just it just gives us a, a frame of reference. If you're gonna right? call them at ats, if you're gonna call them at ats, shouldn't you call them admsks? <laughs> I like to mix it up so that I can cover my bases. That's fair. That's fair. Uh, yeah, no, I, I like having that frame of reference. We it was only what a couple months ago that. We figured it out for ourselves. I know Jason at MSW had put a post on his site months ago, but I, I that one had gotten past me. So really the, the, the scale thing is fairly fresh for me. I mean, it's only been a couple months. Um, so what about you guys? Is, is it make the, the ATM6 all that more impressive? Well, it's it's no big surprise to me at this point. Anyhow, like you just mentioned the MSW thing and, I actually kind of remember talking about it with you, not and James as well, not like a couple months ago, but like five, six months ago. They're the first images that leaked of uh, their hand-drawn drawings from their site, and they kind of mentioned the size. But I guess more in the recent few months, it's come into view the actual perspective. Uh, there was that Toys R Us poster that was released, which gave. Yeah, them. I remember that. Yeah. And there's also been some other references on the internet too that are visual for ratio. And yeah, like Kyle just said, it's a, it's a great reference point for where the First Order's at. Like, I think their slogan might be, bigger is better. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I mean, it's just, uh, again, like a reference to like where they're at, you know, like what they are trying to achieve. And it's pretty Which we still don't really know, insane. right? We still don't know what the First Order is really after. Do they, do they just want to be the next Empire? Well, I see it being more Snoke's endgame, kind of like him kind of playing that entire... Like, they don't know either. Like, they're kind of just cluelessly, f- like, been brainwashed and following this this regime. And it seems like Snoke's got his own agenda with, you know, something truly beautiful. So I don't think that necessarily has to do with his... He's using them as a means to his own ends. Yeah, I think that's fair. But yeah, we I still don't know really what the point of the First Order is, other than just to be the bigger, badder replacement of the Empire. And this this is sort of like a theme too, right? They do this they do this a lot, like to the to the point of where they get they get mocked even. But Star Wars just when something's cool, they make it bigger. Like this 
Death Star, Death Star 2 is bigger. Star Destroyer, oh, a bigger Star Destroyer that casts a shadow on that Star Destroyer. <laughs> and, and now one that's many times the size of that huge Star Destroyer. Right. Adats were big. These things, just, you know, walk over them. Like, I think it's cool and all, but it's just, I'm not surprised. It's not, it's not shocking to see them do this kind of thing. They've done it before. I hope um, that they're more than just bigger versions. Like, I, and I think they, they will be. They look cooler. They look tougher. They got that gorilla shape to them. Um, so I hope, I hope it's not just bigger. I hope they're also like, we're going to get some, some battle action that they can deliver that, that the Adats couldn't. Yeah, I think the gorilla posture might make them a little more agile than the uh, at-ats, you know. Plus the that giant cannon on their back. They look really dope. Don't get me wrong. I'm not. I'm. This isn't me complaining about them. I'm just. It's sort of funny that they just here's a bigger one. But, well, kind of. Kyle had kind of touched upon something not too long ago. Uh, well, since the beginning of seeing them, almost once you see their paws or their hands, their feet, whatever you want to call them. It almost looks like, you know, they can, if these people Figures. are taking shelter within a mountain, like it just looks like they can just like pound into this mountain, like just open up that hand a bit and dig right in, you know? Yeah, yeah for sure. But this, this whole thing, James, you, you touch on something, getting, make just make it bigger and badder and tougher. That has a shelf life, right? You can't keep doing that. So if they, if they, they go forward with episodes 10, 11, 12. Like, what are you going to do next time? More gigantic walkers bigger than the ATM-6? Like, it it gets old after a while, like, won't it? Yeah, sort of. But, I mean, I, I don't think it is in this particular case. I'm I'm anxious to see these ATM-6 machines. They look really cool. But also, like, wouldn't it be cool if there was some other new machine that wasn't a walker, but, like, a desert fighter that we haven't seen before? I don't know what that is. I'm not clever enough to, to like, tell you, like, I wish it was a hover octopus because i just made that up on the spot and, and that would be lame but you know what i mean like well, at some point they're gonna have to the, change it all ski up speeders. Right? then again i say that and if if they if they had completely new monsters and machines i'd be like it's too bad that they've completely left the old days <laughs> and i miss the I, I miss the walkers and the adats so yeah well at least by that point we'll have had, we'll have at least nine movies to fall back on yeah we're getting close um yeah, so I, Ads had mentioned Kylo's shuttle. Um, yeah, I'm pretty sure that's Kylo's shuttle just hovering there. And I think the way they kind of just line up that way, they're just kind of just hovering, standing still. They're pretty static at that point. I think that's, you know, if if the camera panned a little bit more to the right, they'd be right at the gate, the the blast door of the base. And I think that's at the point where they've completely overrun uh, resistance defense. And they're they're just now they're at the gate, and you know I I could see them sort of uh, blasting that that door with the ATM six cannons until it falls in, or they weaken it enough, and then uh, like like one of those things I've been predicting for a while that they use sort of the claws on the uh, the front legs of the ATM six to rip down that that whole blast door. But I think that's that's what's happening, and then Kylo, of course lands and and storms the base with his stormtroopers did you think that's the scene from the trailer where you see kylo kind of like he's got about i don't know a handful of stormtroopers with him and he's walking in and it looks like he's walking on molten lava almost like i'm I'm kind of hoping that's mustafar which is a bit of a stretch but it definitely looked like molten lava uh that he's walking on 
seems like from the from the yeah i mean that again that's what's so great about this trailer is you know that's not the first time i've heard somebody suggest that being mustafar but right away i thought well there's there's crate and like something has just scratched up the surface to reveal the red minerals the red dirt whatever it is just beneath and i wonder i kind of thought the same thing as well like then you kind of think about you know that that base has been a resistance rebellion base for supposedly quite some time so Maybe Kylo's been there before, and that little entrance he's going through, maybe it's like a back door. Yeah, that's true. I never really thought of that. Kylo probably knew all about that place. Because it does like seem like an opening. It doesn't look like uh, something clawed. It's made a hole for him to enter by, like when they're going into that scene, you know? It looks like, like here, I'm taking this squadron with me. Like, follow me. Well, it looks like the, it looks like like the gonna ground take, is I'm scratched take down the up, right? It looks like maybe something was scraping along the floor but yeah it, it's possible yeah. that would be a it looked like i don't think the grooves that have been carved out are, are big enough to be the atm6 claw so I, it could be something else yeah that's it it looks it looks like molten lava to me but either way um just yeah i like that possibility of thinking that you know i'm gonna take this this squadron in from the back and maybe take down the shield so the atm6 can actually make their attack Something like that, yeah. And yeah, I mean, obviously the the first order is going to storm that base, and some, I think some pretty nasty stuff is going to happen once they're in. And I, the the final shot, one of the final shots of the trailer with the the Falcon screaming through the ca- one of the caverns. I wonder if that's sort of the good guys making their their escape. Mm, I I keep going back and forth on that scene. What, what that's going to be. Chase scene in the middle, then you know. Or what about Poe in the first trailer? But when he, you know, when he's sliding, that's got to be on crate. No, and the blast doors are closed. Oh yeah, that's definitely crate, for sure. Yeah. Uh, what else has As got for us here? Oh yeah, the the giant skull, I, I, which I hadn't noticed before. That's really cool. Yeah. So no, I had to look at it again. After. Yeah. I never noticed before, and even on my laptop, it's still quite hard to see, but. It look, almost looks like a giant uh, alligator, I would think. No, yeah, crocodile like alligator, definitely. Okay, yeah. cool. So it's so vague to me on my computer and all that that it's. Uh, I almost thought I was seeing it. You know what I mean? Like until it was pointed out, I really didn't see it. No, I completely missed well, that. And in his question, he just says skull. So at first, I was looking for a human skull. Exactly, like a, or a, a he says a giant skull, I believe. So I was looking for like a humanoid giant skull. You know, not a me too. A beast. Yeah, no, that, that's a valid observation, and we have heard that rumor that that Ray is going to have to battle some sort of sea monster in this. I wonder if that skull is a relative of the beast that she's going to have to take on, or a reference to if they drop that scene. You know what I mean? Sometimes they still like to add those little nuggets in, like okay, the scene's not there, but here's the reference to. Yeah, maybe. Anyway, it looks like a pretty pretty frightening beast. Anyway, and f- do you remember that other that other creature that we saw? There was that children's book where we see that that thing hanging out on the side of the cliff, and there's also been photos taken of it. Do you remember that? It kind of just looked like uh, Sneerl Sneer times ten. Nobody knows what that means. <laughs> I do. It's from the raccoons. Nobody a knows what that means. A lot of people do actually. A lot of guys in the UK said that they watched the ra- raccoons. Really. Yeah, it was a thing over there. Dave Donovan, uh, anyhow. 
Yeah, they knew. They knew. Uh, I'm sure Carlos and, and Tim know, and I, I'm sure Nathan knows as well. Beyond that, but, I don't uh, know. Yeah, I, I, we talked about it on the, on the TSW VIP like quite some time huh. ago. Interesting. Yeah, must be an, they, another they Commonwealth know. connection, right? CBC is shipping over or Canadian exactly. animated ca- cartoons over to the uh, the mothership in the UK. <laughs> oh yeah, it's definitely a Commonwealth thing. <laughs> but you, you you saw what I what I meant. Like I just we haven't seen them in the trailers. We haven't heard them talked about. Yeah, yeah, I know what you mean. Still, it looks like a yeah cross of like a walrus sea lion type furry wampa. Yeah, I guess maybe it's like a wampa meets a sea lion. Yeah, kind of. They're they're big like that. Yeah, no, we haven't seen we haven't seen anything about those. Uh, what else has ads got for us? Oh, Kylo picking up his lightsaber. And again, here's what's so great about this trailer. Ads hinting that he thinks that maybe it might be the end of the film. I I think that's probably the beginning of the film. You guys have any any take on that? The beginning of the film, like when he goes to see Snoke to complete his training. Yeah. Yeah, that's sort of what I thought too. And I, and and James, like you think? Do you, I, I I detect that you think Snoke is talking to Ray. But I thought the I I think that's possible. I'm, I I don't know what I think for sure, but I think that's a strong possibility that he's talking to Ray when he says. I think both Ray and Luke tell her that she's got raw strength and power. Yes, I I, I, mean, I, I, I tend think to both think Snoke that and Luke. Yeah. I was leaning towards Snoke talking to Kylo. I was at first, but I've, I've, yeah. Well, I'm definitely fifty-fifty on that because you could see it in either way. Because again, like he's got that outcome. He could be telling Kylo, like, "This is the last piece of the puzzle," or whatever, you know, like, "Help me aid my quest," and or he could be telling Ray, like, "You're the last piece of the puzzle, and I'm seeing something truly special once I have you in my possession," kind of deal. But in regards to picking up that saber, uh. If that shot and that scene is indeed in the film, it's a significant one just because of the framing of it. Like, I know the trailer can be a bit misleading in that regard, but it does seem like a quite a significant moment, the way he's picking it up. It's not like he's just picking it up like normal. It's framed. It's a delicate, sensitive moment almost, it seems. So in that regards, it could be like maybe, you know, people have speculated he's picking it up to help. Or it could be just simply Snoke being like, you failed me in The Force Awakens, <laughs> so I'm taking your lightsaber with me, and you've completed your training, now you can pick it up again. Like, this is your time, here's your saber, it's on the floor, pick it up, become who you're meant to be, kind of. And he's still wearing the helmet, right? Which we see him smash later on. Exactly. So I'm, I'm, I'm tending to think that if this is something that makes it into the cut of the movie... That it's it's, I I I, I might say it almost might be the opening scene. Yeah, I would not. Uh, I'm kind of on the same page as you there. It makes sense. It seems like a calm scene. Yeah, I mean, I could I could blend that with my original theory where you know, this is Snoke is is sort of giving Kylo his version of a pep talk, and then some some officer comes in and says, "Oh, we're we're." making our approach to Dakar. And then we go from there. But, uh, yeah. And then Kylo lets out his first rage and, like, kills the guy. How dare you interrupt us? I'm back! <laughs> Guess who's back? 
back again. <laughs> I think you just named the show. It works on two levels. Yeah. Yeah. James is back. All right, so finally, um... and M M&M and reference is strong this week too. Tell well done, friend. Oh boy. <laughs> okay, and then um, as mentioned, that Gareth Edwards Edwards in a cameo role, kind of walking behind Leia, the guy showing zero urgency at all when all hell seems to be breaking loose. What do you guys think? Mm, I'm gonna be a hard no on that one. Don't want to burst any bubbles or anything, but. I don't know, just kind of looking at Gareth Edwards' stature compared to this guy. He seemed a lot smaller and stockier. This guy seemed a little more taller, lankier. So I'm going to have to say no, that that is not him. Hmm. Um, just for old time's sake, I'm going to go ahead and disagree with Corey. <laughs> Wouldn't have it any other way. I don't really care either way. but uh... And if the answer is revealed before... Um... Before the movie comes out, Corey, we, we'll, we'll be eating uh, snacks on one of us, okay? Sounds good. I already owe you puts in anyway. Yeah, I know. From hot dogs beauty in and the, the Beauty and the Beef. All right. Ads, thank you, sir. Great observations this week. And uh, let us know if you have some more that you want us to kick around. Okay, now over. Thanks, Ads. <laughs> hey, James, you never know when you're going to speak to Ads again. I guess, well, I guess you can always know, just reach out via Twitter say. whenever you want, right? Yeah, he hits me up with golf stuff every now and then. We stay in touch. That's an iron buddies. That's awesome. All right, so now on to some Bradley banter. So, hey, Kyle and Corey, and I guess this week, and James. Hope you guys have had a wonderful week and have watched the last Jedi trailer a million times. Uh, this week's Star Wars question is about said trailer and Star Wars trailers overall. I believe Corey had made the comment last week that the Last Jedi trailer at the moment was his favorite Star Wars trailer, and I would have to agree with him. That being said, what is your favorite Star Wars trailer? Better yet, list them from favorite to least favorite. Also include Rogue One. My list is this. Uh, Note I'm referring to original theatrical releases. Uh, The Last Jedi, The Force Awakens, Rogue One, Return of the Jedi, Phantom Menace, Revenge of the Sith, Empire Strikes Back, Attack of the Clones, A New Hope. Funny thing is, my favorite movie is last in this list. Uh, the Last Jedi is my favorite trailer for several reasons. The music, the balance of our main characters, the misdirects, it's visually stunning, and it gives us a lot without giving us anything. In fact, it has us asking more questions than before seeing it. Uh, all right, so let's let's stop there. Of course, there is more to Bradley's question, but we'll, we'll, we'll pause here, and we'll, we'll just chat up the first part. So... Um, Corey, the the art of making a trailer, this has really changed, right? Like, we we kind of see these the trailers now as events unto themselves. Well, I, I couldn't agree with you more. I think the first note here I have is it's these trailers are really a sign of the times. It's they're all so incredibly different, and that's why I kind of from my list I can't really even almost speak about the OT because not only did I get to experience them and see them as they happen but you know I've gone back and watched them over the years and I watched them again recently and it's just hard to comment on on them because because they they did get better over time well (laughs) but they have their own classic little vibe to them that you kind of I really appreciate you know it's just a sign of the times that's my whole thing like yeah I don't know 
they're they're all just representative of of where we're at and uh I just think that uh, as we evolve with him they've kind of gotten better and better. Well yeah, I guess like most things they get they should get better as 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 they get as the processes and the art gets refined. But man, James, have you have you did, did you watch any of the original trilogy trailers for this? Yeah, I I've seen a few and I'd seen I'd seen a few before this too, but um you know what it was? It's just the goal was was different. The medium television and and movies were were just a completely different thing when those trailers came out. It was like it was like it sounds when you when you hear the guy talking, it almost sounds like someone standing outside of a theater talking up the play. Like it's just it's just so different. It's yeah, like uh, in, in 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 a new hope, it's like right now in a galaxy far away. Like it's, it's so awesome. Like uh, I don't know, just it's dated for sure. But like it, it, there's something charming about that. It's like when people talk fifties, like detective talk. Yeah, you're right, exactly. guy. Eh? You know, like there's there's, there's just something about that era um, that that people find charming, and and that I don't know. There's something to the to the uh, to the original trailers that, like Corey says, they I've got a soft spot for them. Now, having said that, for sure, this trailer is the best one that's ever been created in my mind. I think James made that pretty clear by saying that it's the best trailer of all time, and I have to say, I'm it's right up there. It's right up there. I, well, it has to be because I mean, just looking at it, whatever they did with it, even if it's all Mister X and it's not what it is, that's part of what makes it good. Exactly, like they've just pieced it together to the point where we still have no goddamn clue what the heck is going on, and ah, like a masterpiece of a trailer, just so well put together from start to finish. Yeah, because the, the the old trailers, and I'll even include uh, the prequels on this. And I guess you, well, there's in the prequels you couldn't really do this, but the original ones they didn't try to misdirect you anywhere, right? It, they were kind of like just just straightforward. Here's what's happening. Like there was, they weren't trying yes, to conceal yeah. anything. Every was every generation or uh, every saga has a beginning. Yeah, they could they couldn't really fool around too much with the prequels. We we knew what this story was. It was just the 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 main story beats in between. Oh no, we knew the main story beats. It was like the minutia that we didn't know, so they could play around a bit with that. But otherwise, we got like right off the bat. Like I had to, like again, we just watched these trailers for this question. And, like, in The Phantom Menace, like, you're getting tidbits of stuff that are, like, ooh, wow, slaps in the face. The visuals, the way it starts is absolutely incredible. But they're talking about the prophecy already and the boy and all that stuff. So that huge hook for me in that uh, that trailer. Yeah. I get, yeah, you're right, you're right about that. <clears throat> um, yeah, I'm, you know, I, I'm on the, the, the special edition tra- uh, trailers here. And even those, like... You didn't need to give me a trailer back in 97 to get me excited or 96 to get me excited to see those movies. But man, even those, they gave away so many of the new shots. I was like, ah, great. I was going one way or the other multiple times. But even those trailers were not very good. Never saw any of the Phantom Menace ones until after I saw the movie. Was that that was intentional, I imagine? Yeah, I was ducking out of, you know, covering my ears and la, 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 watching TV all the time because they were all over TV. But yeah, I hadn't seen a single one until afterwards. And they, they were a bit lame, but I didn't know that until I saw a movie which I really liked, so it didn't matter. 
See, I, I look back now because I, I watched all these trailers this afternoon in preparing for this question here. And I remember at the time freaking out for each and every one of these trailers. But I look back and like Corey was talking about how things evolve over time. I look back at these trailers now and they're all so bad. Well, not, not so bad, but dated. They're dated. dated. They're, I mean, they, they look fine. They sound fine. But there's just something about the, the pacing of them, the way they're cut together, that it's just like they're flat to me now. I'll say that. We've been spoiled. We've we have been spoiled. Been. The times that have a change. Um, but you know, this might be a bit of a cheat, but the teaser for The Phantom Menace, the first one, like, Corey, you, you were talking about a second ago, that you know, every every saga has a beginning, every journey has a first step or whatever. That trailer was fantastic. And it's like that one still does it for me. Because that one, right off the bat, like, right before you even see Lucasfilm, uh, like, I was all about the Gungans right before. <laughs> like, check this guy out. He is going to be the shit. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, you see it. Like, it's all foggy, uh, slow zoom, um, like, fade in. And there's, like, it's all foggy and there's these awesome branches and these, these creatures riding these things. And you're like, mysticism. And you're just like, awesome. And then kind of when you figure out what it is. I don't even know if that scene made yeah, it to it the is. movie. That, and that shot is almost a direct ripoff of... Um, of Ralph McQuarrie? No. Um, an Akira Kurosawa film. Seven Samurai, okay. maybe? Anyway, it, it, it's almost like a direct... A direct copy of a shot. like Homage. A lot of, a lot of Star Wars oh, is, yeah. but either way, that shot is... It, it just... It gave me that mysticism to that trailer, and I was like... Oh man, this is Star Wars and it's back, baby. Yeah, no, they they that trailer nailed it. Remember how much of a massive event that was? Like everybody ran out to to meet Joe Black, and failing that, you were sort of at home praying to your fifty six K modem that everything would would work out okay. Like it was a huge, huge event. I feel like that was sort of the turning point for the tra- movie trailer industry. Like I think that maybe I might be wrong, but I feel like that trailer was the one that made trailers a, a big deal that makes it that makes a lot of sense from a sociological standpoint that makes a lot of sense and again I, I'm, I'm talking about the home team here this is star wars we're talking about maybe there's another trailer from another franchise that redefined before that not the, maybe the matrix but I, what came out first i can't even uh, remember matrix now. came out first but not by much like, I think they may have both dropped in May of that year. So there you go. Like, we know, in the, I know for sure in The Matrix, we saw that uh, 360 shot that was just like, okay, got to go see this film. But what, another thing I noticed is the music. And specifically with the Me prequels. Too. Like, the prequels used all the original trilogy music, which, of course, is, is great. Yes. yes. But I think the trailers now that we're getting... It, I, I think they go it, things go up a level because they're getting music that's made especially for the trailer that just works so much better. So what you think the trailers, um, the music's not going to be in the film? They're not taking tidbit tidbits of music from the film to splice into these trailers. They didn't for TFA or I think that was completely original trailer music. It absolutely, it absolutely wow. was. Same with Rogue One. 
Yeah, what? Okay, I guess. Yeah, I get it with the cellos leading into it all. Yeah, but uh, maybe, maybe I mean, so much has been different with the Last Jedi that maybe they did, and like John Williams has been done for so long. Maybe some of this is John Williams, but it it doesn't sound like John Williams to me. It sounds like another composer's work using John Williams themes. Interesting. Because I was gonna say that 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 trailer was epic in that regard. Oh yeah, I mean, yeah, it's it's music shaped for a two-minute segment. Anyway, can we can we rank our favorite trailers? I can. Like I said, I've uh, excluded the OT a bit. I've watched them and all that, but it's just on a different plane of existence because I never really experienced them live. Yeah, I can't. I can't do the OT either, just because every time like we came around to Star Wars after they were already on home video, so. There was never any buildup of anticipation via a trailer. And I watch them now and I'm just like, <laughs> whatever. And even then, you can kind of say that they got progressively better. But uh, my list, obviously, Bradley knows The Last Jedi. If the last one we saw it was still by far the best. Just, again, in the sense the music was great. Uh, the shots they chose were great. Everything they chose was just so perfect to get us questioning and talking and going down all these rabbit holes and still not knowing a goddamn thing. I think it was just so well put together. After that, Force Awakens. I mean, it had been a long time. And again, it's modern society. I guess the times have changed and those trailers were very deep. They got us talking back then. What the hell is going on? Again, there were a lot of misdirects, a lot of things that weren't actually in the film, but it was still amazing. And then the Phantom Menace, just because of the buildup back in 1999, it was everything was a fever pitch with Star Wars back in the picture. And I mean, Kyle and I, we've talked about this many times, just our state of mind back then. This was the culmination of so many things, uh, myself being 18, him being 21. Uh, just a lot of things going on that year. Um, then Rogue One, because, again, Sign of the Times. Then uh, Revenge of the Sith. And we'll finish with Attack of the Clones. I know it kind of seems a bit biased, but I watched them again. And it's close between Clones and Sith, though, because at the Clones, you really, you're getting a lot of that Star Wars feel, but a lot of romanticism behind it as well. Like, you're seeing the whole full romance in that. You're getting that feeling that they want you to get that feeling out of that clip. I, I hear you. Um, all right, James, you want to you want to run down your list? Yeah, my, I'm not going to be as comprehensive as, as Corey <laughs> because, well, first of all, it's, it's similar. Um, but I'll, I'll say that, yeah, like I've said many times, the trailer we just saw is, is my favorite Star Wars trailer. And up there amongst, I just think it's just terrific. Uh, mostly for the same reasons Corey said, I, the thing I hate about trailers when I don't like a trailer is when they give away either key plot points or, you know, the whole plot. You know, some really bad trailers give away the whole movie in two, in two minutes. This one was, was perfect. And we may look back and find out we, we did learn, you know, more about the movie than, than we wanted to. But because of the way they set us up in the past with using footage that didn't make the movie and misdirects, we have no clue. And we'll be guessing until we walk out of the theater uh, in two months. So, I don't know. I just, I just, it got me excited. It was, it was stunning to look at. It, it sounded amazing. I'm, uh, it got me 
the reason I rank it so high is because it just got me so excited to see the movie coming out. Well, yeah, from so, where from uh, where you were to where you are now is is almost like a full one eighty. Yeah, I I was excited and all. I was just I was more I just had so much more trepidation before, and now I'm just really pretty much excited to see what they're gonna give us. Yeah, um, James also when he heard it's time for the Jedi end, he was like, "I hate you guys. I quit." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. Um, but after that, I'd say my second favorite uh, experience with trailers was the Phantom Menace, and I didn't see any of them, but that was really fun. Like for for months leading up to it, and, and really intensely for the weeks leading up to it, watching any television show was was you know meant meant running away and having people you know try to get me to see it. It became a game and a joke for the people who knew me and. So that was sort of a fun experience. And I, I got to go into The Phantom Menace really completely spoiler-free. Like, I was unspoiled, even with, with visual um, spoilers. I hadn't seen anything. Uh, a couple of posters, like the inevitable stuff you can't help but see when you walk into the theater. And, you know, you, when you exist and this, that stuff's on cereal boxes. Yeah, of course. You know I, mean? I mean, it's everywhere. You're going to see something. You just you, you can't not see any images. But in terms of, like, movie clips and stuff, I, I hadn't seen anything. So that was really cool. That's my second favorite um, trailer experience and then after that yeah i'd say the the last like like Corey said the, the trailers have just come such a long way that you know the the next ones will probably be the the best ones we see because they just keep getting better and so i'll say you know the force awakens were my my favorites before next in line and and the list sort of ends there yeah i mean I'll, I'll, same thing like my list is is identical to Corey's. it's it's the last jedi for all the reasons we spoke about uh, TFA because you know, it's still only a couple years old, but it still holds up really well for again all the reasons we spoke about. Uh, then I'll throw in that that Phantom Menace teaser just because I, I I think it's really important to remember what that what just the fever pitch we were at in 1998 when that came out like it was insane and you know, that's pushing 20 years ago now. We tend to forget, but that trailer just. Whew, that really had us going. And yeah, Rogue One. Just just remember that shot of the, the Star Destroyer parked above um, Jetta City. It was like, whoa. There, there was just so many great visuals to that to that trailer. It was amazing. And then yeah, the three prequels, uh, Sith, Phantom Menace, and Attack of the Clones. I, I watch them now and I just go, oh God. And I'll, I'll give Reve Revenge of the Sith a bit of a pass because I think it has a really strong opening. Uh, with Palpatine saying uh, the the dark side of the Force is, is a pathway to many abilities, blah, blah, blah. I think that was a really cool way to start That's that it. trailer. Well, each one of them kind of have their own uh, flavor, right? In that saga, in, those, in this uh, prequel tri trilogy, like the first one, you're, you're getting the sense of uh, the beginning, the genesis, and what's to come a bit, what the film's about a bit. The second one, you're getting that whole love vibe and the, and the feeling that Anakin's very torn. And then in the third one, you're getting a very, very dark vibe. Well, yeah. And we all kind of knew, like we all could have predicted at the time that this is how the prequels are going to play out. You know, we knew part three ends with Anakin becoming Vader and that it was going to be really dark. And we knew that two was going to probably end with uh, Anakin and Padme getting married. Like it, they just couldn't really hide much from us, but they, I mean, they did a good job, I suppose considering because we still freaked out every time we saw a trailer let's, let's not kid ourselves um oh for sure right, let me continue with bradley's questions here 
Uh, like with all the trailers, there are scenes and voiceovers that don't make it into the movie. Like The Force Awakens, I believe we will have scenes that won't appear in the movie. The question is, what will they be? I'm thinking it could be one of Snoke's lines or even Kylo Ren's line about let the past die, kill it if you have to. It's the only way to become who you're meant to be. I think this line is used for theatrics for the trailer. I love it, though. Also keep in mind, we don't know what scenes we are seeing are real or possibly flashback scenes. Uh, my favorite line in the trailer is when Luke said, this is not going to go the way you think. Awesome. What could he mean? And his favorite, uh, my favorite scene is Kylo Ren flying, followed by Finn and Phasma fighting. What's your favorite line and scene in the trailer? Well, boys, I could go on and on, but I will contain myself and stop there until next week. Have a great show and may the force be with you always. Cheers from Bradley. All right, so let's let's keep chopping wood here. Uh, James, I'll kick this one over to you first. What is in this trailer that is not going to make it to the final cut? Uh, Bradley's guess is a really good one, um, which isn't surprising because he usually does that. And I find we well, three of us often agree with the stuff he proposes. Um, and that that would be a good line to cut because it's it's the one that's so ambiguous. Um, it, it just you know it could, it, it could be directed uh, at himself. It could be directed at Ray, and it could mean a lot of different things depending on you know when it's delivered in the movie and, and how it's received. So if they cut it entirely, um, good move on their part for for talking us up and getting getting us excited. Uh, things that I don't think will make the movie. Beyond that, um, man, when I read this question earlier, I was like trying trying to think of things that I would cut, and I'm everything that I imagined made me a bit sad to think we wouldn't see. Yeah. So, like, for for, for example, if if that cut, if that scene where she cracks the ground open isn't in the movie, I think I'll be really disappointed oh. if that's if that's a, uh, a or if not replaced by something else right? at all. Yeah, but even replaced by something else, I don't know. If the ground doesn't crack open in in, in a scene, I don't know. I, I think I think that's a big mislead. You know, so it's I, interesting. I, I think I would miss that one. On on a side note, kind of regarding that, I saw a toy today that is of Ray, and it's with these like oh these huge, pretty big boulders like, and the toy is meant to kind of be her with them floating all around her. Like they come with like three or four pegs with all these things that you can hook, put these rocks or boulders into. So like, it would be like her being surrounded by like boulders that are like two, three, four feet in length, you know, that's pretty cool. Um, Corey, what do you think? I don't know with this one. I had a bit of a hard time. Uh, this trailer in particular, I think for the most part, uh, the better part of things we saw are in the film, dialogue included. Uh, I like that Bradley said, like his, his take on, um, was it that he thought that wasn't going to be in the film, uh, dialogue wise. I I think that's that's a good assumption that it wouldn't be like we kind of both agreed on the in the tra- I think it was the first trailer, that the breathe just breathe thing might not be there. Mm-hmm. But. Uh, Looking at it again and again and again, the only thing that I could think that makes sense to me is one of the opening shots of the bird's eye view, obviously taken from a helicopter or something, of uh, Acto. 
I guess no real need for that shot in, the, in that movie. Even though it's great, it's a great visual. It could still be in the movie. But I, I'm thinking the better part of everything we saw is in the film. Oh, you're just afraid to put your editor hat on. <laughs> it's all gold, baby. What would you... It is all gold. <laughs> what would you cut out of there that... that man, I hope it's all there. But, but, but for sure it's not. It's a great question. It is. Uh, I, I personally think that... You know, gun to my head... I think all of Snoke's dialogue is not going to be in the movie. Oh, really? I don't think that's all going to be there. And I, I would, I would go, I'll go further. I'll say Kylo Ren's won't be there either. How's that? How's that for a hot take? That's pretty. And I'll, I'll, I'll tell you why. I'll, I'll tell you why. Um, I think those were intended. All that dialogue was intended for the trailer, and. The reason I say that is because with all the dialogue we see, like we see Luke saying his lines. We see Rey saying her lines. We don't see Snoke or Kylo saying their lines. You might, like at the very end, you see uh, Snoke's, the close-up on Snoke. His mouth is moving, but his hand is over his mouth for the most part. So you can't really say see what he's saying. And it's just the word destiny coming out. Like you don't know exactly what he what's what's being said so for that reason i think it's just cleverly overlaid dialogue that was written for that for that trailer i i you know, i hope not because snoke's lines are huge man i mean you you might get when i first found you you know you might get similar stuff in the movie because like a bunch of mas Kanata stuff that we loved from the Force Awakens trailers were cut. So it, it's, it wouldn't... And of course it was replaced with other cool Maz Kanata dialogue. I, I would not be shocked if if all of that was cut away. And I, I think it is worth mentioning that we see Poe speak his line and every everybody, we see them say their line. So I tend to think that whatever we see coming out of their mouths is in the final cut. But for the... For, it could just be a way, because, like, the things that they're saying, like Snoke and uh, Kylo, they're so relevant to what's going on. They don't want to give it that actual reference in the movie. But also, that dialogue is so ambiguous. It's so perfectly ambiguous that it could be Finn, or sorry, not Finn, Ray or Kylo. That, that, that doubly makes me think it's made just for a trailer. There's, there's not going to be much need to be that ambiguous in the movie. But anyway, that's that's just that's, yeah, you're that's right. Just where my head's at. Uh, so, do you guys have a favorite line from the trailer? Yeah, all the ones that are getting cut. Thanks, Kyle. <laughs> Actually, you know what? I, I have more stuff that's I, I I'm going to cut. Um, as far as shots go, I I, I again I, I don't see much getting cut out, but I think the insect point of view of Ray swinging around that lightsaber is going to, is going to be cut. It's a very un-Star Wars-y shot to me. It's a cool shot, but we don't often see those kind of crazy camera angles in Star Wars. Mm, could be. I mean, it could be anything. Anything could get cut, but if I, if I had to pinpoint one that sort of sticks out and goes, that, that's, that shot doesn't look very Star Wars to me. I would not be shocked if it's that. That close-up of the Porg might get cut then. 
I think that's in it for sure. I don't know. That didn't feel very Star Warsy to me. I, I saw that. I was like, ah, oh, man. It fe- it felt super Star Warsy to me in the moment of watching this trailer, but I don't know how it'll fit into the film once you think about it for a bit. You know, like it's almost at the crescendo of the trailer is that pouring. It's like the turning point with that. That's like everyone's like it's a goosebump moment almost. Uh, I love the porgs. I can't help it. Um, I don't dislike them. I just <laughs> that moment. I don't know. It's a bit much. It it cut the tension. Yeah, maybe then. Maybe that's the point. Maybe they need that in that scene. Who knows where it's placed, right? All right. So, uh, f- favorite lines. Um, I think my favorite line is when Luke says to her, "It's not gonna." Um, it's not going to finish how you think. It's not going to turn out how you. Yeah, think. so you're you're with Bradley then. It's 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 just the way he delivers it. Yeah, there's some there's some. It's almost like desperation in his voice. A lot of doubt. Yeah. Yeah, a lot of doubt. <clears throat> that's like that's a good one, and that whole scene too, like how we were talking about earlier, uh, the possible confrontation. I like that, and well, Kyle's calling it that it's narration, but the whole when I first found you, uh, it's and the truly special part. Like, I'm just so curious as to what Snoke knows and what his end goal, what his end game is in all this. Like, coming from the unknown regions, uh, just obviously having some kind of master plan involving two. Uh, powerhouses with some end goal. It just seems so intriguing to me. Yeah. I mean, everything, everything, every part of this trailer is just super intriguing, super interesting. Uh, I'm, I, I'm with kind of Brad and, and uh, James. This is what, what could put Luke in that position to say that, <clears throat> I, mean, I you know, I, I think we've kind of come to the consensus here that, maybe Luke and Ray get into some sort of tussle and this is Ray kind of stepping into her power and, and getting a handle on it a little bit. And she's going to go rush off like, like Luke did in empire to save the day. And, but Luke knows how this plays out. Like she, he knows what she's rushing into and he's telling her, this is not going to end well for you. If you think you can go take all these guys on that's. Or how about this? Like, this is something I haven't heard talked about at all yet. This is kind of just, a bit of a offshoot down another rabbit hole, but what if at this point Ray's already been to see Snoke and she comes back to Acto and like, it's that confrontation. I suppose anything's possible. I mean, it seems like a lot of stuff yeah. has to go on for that to happen, but I can't rule it out. Um, yeah, my, I, I also like Poe's line. He's, he just seems really fired up and, and full of conviction when he's saying that he, you know, they're going to burn the First Order to the ground. I love it. Yeah, something bad just happened there. Excuse me, guys. Bless you, sir. Um, yeah, we're the spark that will, uh, will, that will ignite the fire that will burn down. Yeah, that's a great line. And there's a, a, a steely resolve on his face, too. Like, uh, hey, he's firing up the troops with that. Yeah, it, it feels like like they just got their butt kicked, but he's he's yeah he's rallying the troops again. That's the best part about Poe. I think Carlos pointed it out this week. Like I had asked him why 
why Poe? Why are you so infatuated with him? And he had said that he's like Han Solo minus the scum. Like he's like a through and through like good guy and a leader and he's bound for so much more in, in the resistance. Which can only mean he's a double agent and at some point he's going to turn. <laughs> All right. Uh, favorite scene. Lastly here from Brad. What's you got a favorite shot or a favorite scene that they're hinting at? Well, it's kind of hard to choose from, but I mean, the, my my short list is Ray and Luke in that cave again. Just like, what can that mean? What's going down there? Luke being scared with the cliff cracking. Uh, Kylo's hand extension. Super intriguing. And his face when he's about to possibly shoot his mama down. Ah, uh, that's yeah, that that's. For me, that's the most poignant scene of the, of the trailer. What, what about you, James? Yeah, I'm not going to go too far away from where you guys were. Um, definitely the hand reach out scene, the cracking of the ground scene, the uh, crystal foxes I thought were super cool. And just the music, really, the music is in a scene, I know, but it's like it really struck me how the music got me fired up and sort of right in the zone right away and porgs <laughs> and the pork scene i was like man that's a, that's a bit cheesy but i guess comic release but, needed to what next time you watch this trailer because i'm sure you will again but like uh check it like pm me or dm me whatever and let me know um because i honestly feel that's like the turning point of the trailer it's, it's like hitting the crescendo when you hear them both chewy and the pork go like howl the both of them it's kind of like the turning point of that trailer almost. It gets deeper at that point there, you know. <laughs> I'll keep a note for it. Um, yeah, I, I I, I love seeing Kylo flying that ship. I've been looking forward to that ship since the day I've seen it. The, the little sketch of it on MSW. I think it's just going to be such a cool looking thing. I, I'm really, really hoping for that Kylo versus Poe dogfight. That is just too tantalizing to not see on screen oh that would be good and uh, Finn versus Phasma I think that's an underrated quick shot that we kind of quickly pass over but Bradley touched on it that that's gonna be awesome I really I'm, I'm still shocked that we're getting this this throwdown in in episode eight and the, the shot looks really cool too just all hell's breaking loose around them and Finn He's this guy, you just can't put this guy down. He's he's going right after Phasma. Um, and then all 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 the stuff that you guys had mentioned, just it it all looks so good. I can't wait to see this. But there you go, Bradley. Hope we handled that uh, adeptly. And we shall close out the show with the one and only Katie. And Katie's question this week. If you could change any character's story in the Star Wars universe, then whose would you change and what would you change? If this question sounds confusing, then here's my example. Poe is an awesome pilot, but he also looks like he could be a badass bounty hunter or mercenary. Or just imagine someone like Baze as a Mandalorian warrior. Just imagine there's a Star Wars alternate universe out there. Alright, boys. Katie, thank you. That's a great question. And, uh... All right, let's have at it. Who wants to take this one first? 
What do you say, um, James? Though. Yeah, I'll, I'll go ahead. I'll, I'll start by saying that I think everybody would would have wanted to see uh, Sharut as a Jedi. I think, like, the part of the reason we cheered for for him in that movie is he just seemed to be so in tune with the Force. I think I, for one, for sure, would love to see that guy, blind and all, um, wielding a lightsaber, Kanan style. You know. Yeah, we we talked about this just last week. That it, it seems there was a rumor that they wanted to pull. A, jet, a blind Jedi from a video game into Rogue One. And then you couple that with the report that uh, Jin's mom was going to be a, a Jedi. And it just, all, everything just points to these guys desperately wanting to work the Jedi into the movie, uh, but but held off. But So yeah, I mean, this this Jedi character that was from the video game who was blind eventually morphed in, into Chirrut. So yeah. that Who we love. But he'd be a great Jedi. Yeah, no doubt. Corey, what do you, what do you say? Uh, I like I like your take there. Um, I got a few of them written down here. Uh, I don't know. The first thing that popped in my mind, it kind of seems a bit of a joke, but uh, Max Rebo as a chef. <laughs> <laughs> All right. You know the famous Star Wars chefs. Come on, Kyle. Well, it's up. it's not that. It's that I, I was kind of worried when I looked at the question. I said, "Oh my God, I have to change Star Wars canon and whatever." And then she kind of said, "Well, let me explain it a bit." And she kind of gave us an idea of what she was looking for. And you know that at that point, I kind of took the weight off my shoulders. Said, "Oh, this will be easy." And then I started thinking about it, and I was like, "Holy cow, this is not that easy." No, it's it's kind of not. That's the whole point. Is it's challenging, Corey. And so Corey made up his own game. That's fine. Either way, I thought that one was kind of funny. <laughs> it is funny, but uh, it's super funny. Um, well, I, okay, I'm reminded this? of that time we know that this. Somebody asked us. Oh, geez, I can't remember who it is. To write somebody, pull somebody into Star Wars from Legends, but you had to write somebody out, and Corey just was like turning himself inside out for this one. Like I have to get rid of somebody from star Wars. And I was like, no, you can't, and it can't be. It's like, Oh, I'm going to get rid of this little bit player. I I remember who I think I got rid of new Gunray and replaced him with Prince Sizor from legends. <laughs> I, I, I chose, I chose uh, mob over separatist and like trade federation. Yeah, I got you. Let's not go back down that, that rabbit hole. My God. Okay. How's this? Poe and Kit Fisto as musicians. Poe's the lead man, <laughs> and Kit Fisto is a big-time sax player. I feel like we're on episode four, and you're trying to make the Star Wars <laughs> band again. Either way, <laughs> Kit Fisto plays sax. Poe's the lead man. I remember we this know game. Mu- we know musicians existed in the Star Wars universe. Yeah, that's a little better at least. Yeah, all right. They did Okay, how's this? Han Solo, <laughs> Han Solo, as like part of the Empire, like he's like a firm army dude. He's like totally into it. He defects at one point and becomes a starfighter pilot, not the pilot of the Millennium Falcon. Let's see Han Solo in like an A-wing or an X-wing. We never got a chance to see that once ever. Oh, you did. It'd be cool to see him get shot down by the Millennium Falcon, that's for sure. But only because we know him as as the captain. 
shot down um, by Vader. You know what would be another crossover, Kyle? Before I give you your turn, I'll try to steal from you. Um, Lando would be a great Imperial officer. He kind of would. Oh, for sure. With the tight uniform and the, he'd still carry all that suaveness, but like with, with uh, a sharp sort of uh, evil backhandedness to him. I think he'd be I don't terrific. see it, man. What? I, I, th- I think he was on terrific. my list too. He was on my list for like something. I was like, I got to get Lando for something. But I was like, I don't know. He's just got the swagger. Man in uniform, dude. Whatever, man. Give, him, give the man his cape. Yeah, officers can have capes. Frenic. I just don't see him. I don't. I don't see him uh, being. Look at Lando in Krennic's uniform. Think about it. It's dope. I see it visually, just not the way Lando speaks. He's always. You just got to be that cool guy. I don't see a cool like Empire guy. They're also anal. <laughs> um. Well. It- this is probably not very difficult to guess, but Lyra is sort of the easy one for me. Like I would, I would love for her to have been a Jedi. Yeah, Hera. Um, yeah, Hera, Hera would be cool. I mean, Hera, it's, it's it is so strange to think about swapping these these characters out for a different role because they all seem to be so perfect for what they do. Uh, Grievous as a doorstop that that's an easy one for me. <laughs> no, uh, he's a hat rack. Sure. Oh yeah. He's, he'd be, or you hang yeah, your hockey equipment on a, it. Yeah, he would. He would be a great rack to hang your hockey gear on. <laughs> yeah. Um. So here's another one. Why? Like, <laughs> this is gonna sound like I'm ripping on the character, but I'm not. I would take Jar Jar out of politics as representative Binks. He, this he has no place in galactic politics. It it shouldn't be a thing. It's dumb. However, he landed in that role. You cannot make a good case for it. Like you just can't. There's no way that dumbbell. No, you're right. It's 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 is silly. The only the only thing that works. <laughs> it's like it's like Trump being president. <laughs> it kind of is a little bit. The only way it works. And we don't know. I don't. I don't think there's a, there's a canonical explanation as to how Jar Jar became representative. Uh, the only way it works is if like Palpatine appointed him as a representative once he became Chancellor and said, "Oh, for your bravery during Battle of Naboo, I'm going to make you representative Binks." And here you go. And everybody just goes, "Oh, okay." Um. Otherwise, there's no reason why you'd have that that guy and he's he's a lovable dope but come on like politics are are just full of sharks man it it, it makes no sense it just doesn't make any sense so i, I but i would have i'd i'd take him and you could have made him part of of amidala's team somehow i mean the guy the tsw guys last week had a great bit on on jar jar about him like failing upwards. And that's all he ever did, right? For all his clumsiness, he just kept failing upwards. Yep. And so you could have put him anywhere else on Padme's team. You could have put him with, with Captain Typho on security, and that probably would have worked out. And it's still it's still maybe a, a, a distinguished enough position for him. But 
Well, P- Palpatine needed him where he is so he can make those Well, sure. Once decisions. he was there, he's like, mm, I can leverage that floppy-eared idiot to make... Well, I think he was banking on that. I think he set that up for that, for it to be so. So you, you th- you're saying that what I said at the outset, that Palpatine maybe appointed him so that he could eventually one day manipulate him? Of course. It's all part of Palpatine's master plan. I don't know. Maybe. I mean, it's not being explained, but that's the only way it works because other, him otherwise getting that role is stupid. And then he, well, that also means Palpatine would have had to have predicted... Um, did Pad, Yeah, Padme chose Jar Jar to replace her while she was away on Tatooine. He would have had to have predicted that happening too. Because she kind of transferred her responsibilities and powers to him. Bad mood, Padme. So that was a bad move on her part. Maybe she, maybe she pulled Jar Jar in? I don't know, but it's stupid to have him in that position. But yeah, I would, I would, I would put her as part of, put him as part of Padme's detail somewhere. Anyway, that's that's what I've got. I got I one more for you guys here. Oh, you, all right. All right, one more. We're gonna call these guys the Shadow Squadron, and it consists of. Is that the name of a rock group? <laughs> kind of. It's almost like a bizarre world ghost crew. We got Cassian, Doctor Afra. K2, uh, Ketsuo Ono, Chopper, and Ezra. That's a bit of a motley crew. Yeah. You got your, you got all your character bases covered there. Everyone's kind of replacing someone and yeah, definitely a motley crew. Oh, I got an, I got one for you. Um, Katie Chopper as a garbage can. <laughs> How about a fire pit? <laughs> <laughs> I'm barbecue. We, we saw that in Ron that, Howard Instagram. Yeah, Ron Howard Instagram. He, co- he posted one of like a just a old, worn down droid that's been retrofitted as like a bum garbage can kind of or a nice. fire pit. So is that it? Have we have we plumbed the depths here? Uh, Chopper and Hera as smugglers. Same kind of deal, anyway. But. I wanted to do Cassian as something else. Like Cassian could be a, I don't know, bounty he was the, hunter, he was, pilot. Yeah, exactly. Like I started with Cassian and K2 as bounty hunters. And that's where my genesis for the squ- uh, Shadow Squadron came from. K2 could be a bounty hunter for sure. The muscle yeah. behind that team. Yeah, yeah, that I could see. Could we do anything else with Saw Gerrera? Saw could be... Politician? <sighs> I mean, the, the whole trick of this whole exercise is to, to, is to put them in another occupation without like fundamentally changing That's their true. characteristics, right? Saw could be behind the bar in Moss Eisley. <laughs> yeah, I guess you have to. You can, Bartender. You've got to be kind of unhinged to, to deal with those people. Yeah, what, about, uh, what about Hondo as a bounty hunter? Too lazy. Really? Yeah. Doesn't doesn't have the, the work ethic. Well, that's it. I mean, but his character is kind of fitting to that. Like, bro, like I was super su- surprised about this when I uh, watched the Clone Wars. I'd never seen that episode, but there's an episode where Hondo's going toe to toe with Anakin, and it's like, what the hell is going on? I think he even one ups Anakin. Like he he gets him. He Anakin gets got at the hands of Gon, uh, Hondo. 
Yeah, because he, he was fighting super dirty, right? Yeah, he's fighting dirty, but at the same time, like, uh, in their saber combat, like, Hondo had some kind of, like, electrified thing. Luke had his, or uh, Anakin had his saber. And they were going at it for quite some time. Like, it's not like he dispatched him right away, you know? And then finally, Hondo gets the upper hand. So he could have been a guy. Yeah, I gotcha. He could have been like a Cad Bane type. Yeah, Cad Bane's cool, man. Yeah, we got we got to do more with Cad Bane. He's our lead guitarist with Poe and uh, Kit Fisto. And he seems like he might have the long, dexterous fingers. Exactly. He's a bass player, dude. I can see that too. All right, Katie. Thank you very much for that and thanks thanks ads bradley and the aforementioned katie great questions this week love the the extended trailer talk i, I can't believe we squeezed like a whole episode out of a trailer that we squeezed a whole bunch out of last week just it just goes to say how amazing that trailer was yep you think you think it holds up over time like 10 20 years from now we, we look back at this trailer and go oh god how did we talk about that thing for like three hours i think it might be because by that point, I think we'll be about five years into a whole new platform of watching movies. Yeah, we could be. You never know. It's not going to be I watching guess. on the big screen anymore, man. It's going to be... We'll still have that probably in a way, but I think we might be... Movies might become a lot more interactive in 20 years. Very possibly. I just wonder, like, Corey, the evolution that you that you talked about. Does it continue on? And then we look back at trailers being made today and go, man, they're so silly now. It's hard to imagine at this point because, again, like how badly did the Phantom Menace blow our minds? And now we look back at it and we kind of see through it a bit. But this trailer is one for the one for the books, man. The way it was put together, uh, the way it got us thinking. Uh, it's, it's definitely going to be relevant for quite some time for me anyhow. I think so. I, I hope so, anyway. Anyway, uh, again, thank you, everybody, for the questions. Thanks for listening. Uh, this week, another big week coming for Tumbling Saber on the heels of, of what's been a really crazy past couple weeks. Uh, but we got Bridger Transmissions it's dropping somewhere around midweek. We're going to uh, break down uh, Heroes of Mandalore. That's that's coming right about now. Uh, Corey, are you, are you around for that? I'm not sure what's going on yet, to be honest. Uh, I leave on business tomorrow. Um, it's kind of upsetting. Um, and I'm not 100% sure as to when I'm coming back yet. So I'm going to do my best to get here. Um, if not, we'll figure something out, I'm sure. Uh, if I'm still down there, we could probably still record. I'm going to bring my microphone with me and all that. So, ah, We'll figure something out. Hopefully you get to see it while you're down there. Otherwise, uh, I'm seeing it. Like do... I think it's available to view right about... And is it now or is it like yeah, uh, very very shortly. I think you can probably ten, watch it right now. Ten minutes, no? I think so. I think you're about right. So you could stay up a little extra late tonight and watch it, and hopefully, hopefully get you on the the recording on Tuesday. I hope so. And our powerful friends will get a new worthy of recognition. Can't wait to record that. It's going to feature the duo. Of Tim and Troy from the Nerd Room. No way! Can't... Yeah. Nice. That's a big get. I'm happy to be able to speak to those guys. Awesome. And uh, so head over to patreon.com slash tumblingsaber to become one of our powerful friends. And uh, you'll, 
you'll get those those podcasts early and you'll also get Sith Disturbers, which is exclusive to our Patreon supporters. Um, you also get uh, Journals of the Willing, Saber Rattling, all kinds of stuff. The, the giveaways. Transmissions? Bri- well, That's open. Uh, Bridge of Transmissions will be public. Nice. I like that. Hey, guys, that are you there? Public. <laughs> yeah. I missed you, but you're back. Yeah, we're still we're still going, James. We, you, you, you fell off the call for a bit? I, I guess you couldn't hear me. I certainly couldn't hear you, but I'm back for now. I, I heard that right, I heard you that you fell off. I was just Weird. being professional. Well done, well done. <laughs> it was the first time for everything, well, Corey. So much, so much for that. <laughs> uh, there we go. So yeah, uh, patreon.com slash tumbling saber. Become a powerful friend for a couple bucks a month, and uh, you get a chance to win a real sweet giveaway. One that we've been alluding to, which you've probably figured out already, but we, we got it like a year's worth and growing. I can't so stop. Get in and, I can't stop. Get it's bad. in on that. Get in on that. And also being a powerful friend will also uh, get you in for the, to be, to, I guess, take part in this, this journey that we're going to send our, our copy of from a certain point of view on. That's going to be a lot of fun. We're going to s- talk with Mark over at TSW and figure out how we're going to get this thing kicked off on its maiden voyage. Um, so there you go. And if becoming a powerful friend is not yet in the cards for you, then just drop us a, re- a review on iTunes or Apple Podcasts or whatever it's called now. And just tell us how much better life gets as a result of listening to this show. And uh, that's it. So make sure you check out StarWarsCommonwealth.com. Here's some of the great shows like TSW, Talk Star Wars, um, The Nerd Room, Gen X-Wing, uh, The Rogue Squadron Podcast, Skyhoppers, and San Diego Sabres. You'd think it gets easier to remember all those names, but it doesn't. And uh, Corey, your Twitter handle, where can people find you? Well, Kyle, people can find me at uh, <clears throat> Chop Rules with a Z. And James, where can people find you on Twitter if they want to keep beg- begging you to come come back more often? Um, well, I'd love to get begged for anything, but uh, Tommy Bombadil won, and uh, you know what? I, I I think if I if people want to uh, to give me some feedback, it'd be great because the only people I really hear from are you guys and ads, and the boys at TSW. So hit me up. I'd love to hear from you. Yeah, don't be shy. Get on your little Twitter machine and pull out your keyboard and say something. Come on now. Dave Donovan, too. I hear from Dave. We, we talk Lord of the Rings. And golf with ads. Yeah. All right, so I do hear from some people, but I'd love to hear <laughs> from more. Absolutely. So come say hi to all of us. I'm at Tumbling Saber on Facebook, on Twitter, and on Instagram. And thank you all for listening to episode 97 Have yourselves a great week. I hope Star Wars comes around with some interesting news this week to chew on. Uh, But we'll catch up with you all later.
Don't let me 